The hierarchy of the direct podcast universe is about to change. We've got MCU rankings, DC rankings, and of course, the man in black is here. Black Adam review after the jump. Truth is, I am a Jedi. I'm the vengeance. And I am Iron Man. Here we go. Our second direct podcast episode of the week, TGIF. I'm your host, one of your hosts, David Thompson, your box office correspondent here right before a big box office weekend. I am joined by none other than my co-host every week, the Rebel with a Pod, Matt Rimke, riding high post uh, Black Adam there, Matt? So yeah, I, I just got out of the theater, drove home, hopped on a microphone. That's why David's lovely hosting voice will be leading this one because I am fresh out the car, fresh out the theater. You know, David, back in the day, we used to do these movie reviews and I would always have a drink. Nice. And and we started doing them in the middle of the day um, uh, about a year ago. And, you know, obviously, you know, I have a job and responsibilities and all those things can't always be drinking in the middle of the day. However, today is my day off. So I poured myself a whiskey on the rocks. Yes. Nice. Absolutely. And a little tribute to Dwayne the Rocks Johnson. Uh, throughout this one this should be fun i'm very excited to talk about this movie and rank the hierarchy of the dceu oh yeah so that's right ladies and gentlemen we have of course the black adam review is here it's out it's in theaters go check it out i highly recommend that we're gonna be diving into mainly spoilers we'll have overall thoughts but of course most of our discussion will be very spoiler filled once you watch that if you haven't already come back listen to our review and then also tune in we have dc rankings so we're gonna be ranking every single dc film post man of steel and yes that includes the batman joker and the suicide squad which you know maybe the suicide squad's in the dceu maybe not clearly the batman and the joker are not but we're just counting them we're just gonna throw them all in all in one pot find out where black adam fits in there as well and it's gonna be a good time as well rounding out the show we have mcu streaming rankings so Ooh. not only just the shows but now we've got a special presentation I am Groot. All these fun things to rank today. So it's a fun Friday episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It's yeah, fucking it's Friday. Oh, I'm fired up. We've got a new comic book movie. Finally, it's been yes. since July. We've yes. had one of these um, with, when we had the machine Richard on to talk about Thor Love and Thunder. So it's Thor been a Love and Thunder. Yes. Yep. Yes. It's It's good stuff. And and, uh, you know, for our second movie review um, as co-host together here in the second season of the direct podcast, more popcorn, more more good times. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's kind of thing. The next movie that we will be reviewing, though, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I anticipate we move into that review with a much different energy that we have right now. Yeah, I assume I mean, it's going to be a very different kind of episode. <laughs> I, I 100% agree. But without further ado, <laughs> let's get to our Black Adam review. Black Adam has arrived. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is officially in the DC universe, whatever we want to call it. He is in a DC film. If you that's what you want to call this movie. <laughs> it is it is true cinema. 
Martin Scorsese has a stamp of approval all over this one. Absolutely brilliant. Before we dive into spoilers, Matt, you're fresh out of the theater. What are your overall opening thoughts on Black Adam? I have no idea what you're about to say. I mean, a lot of people are online talking about how they feel about this. And, you know, it's kind of all over the place. I'm here to stand up and say it. I'm here to stand up and say that that was a movie. You know, there was a there was a beginning. There was a middle. There was an ending. There was another ending. And yeah. and at the end of the day, you cannot deny that that was a film that they made. Um, no, but my my initial thought as soon as that movie ended was you could have told me that this was the second movie in the DCEU. And it came out a year after Man of Steel. And I would have believed you. You could have told me that Zack Snyder directed it. And I would have believed you. And I think that this is vintage DCEU. This is the exact kind of movie they were making leading up to Justice League. And then all the, you know, the mess that happened after that. Man of Steel, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, the original Suicide Squad movie, Batman vs. Superman especially nods and you know hints of that all across this thing this is a classic dceu movie and you know there there are some elements of good that come with that production always great in a dceu movie uh the costume design jesus um the the score every all the all the uh aesthetic elements of this movie um are great like every other dceu movie um, but it also comes with the bad, the story, the writing, um, motivations, especially uh, this. And, you know, when it comes to the script and we'll get more into it later, but you could have told me that they inserted every superhero trope and movie. And, you know, just like they they made an algorithm to analyze every superhero movie made before 2008. And that's how they wrote this script, like like <laughs> to, to the definite details and. That that was something I did not expect, but also something that I accepted almost immediately. And it allowed me to enjoy the funner parts of this thing. It's it's more cool than it is good. It's more of a cartoon than it is a movie. And um, I'll probably never think of it again. And I think that's OK. Uh, but th- there there is redeeming qualities to this movie across the board. Um, but it, it definitely is something that just kind of happened. I don't think it's bad, but I definitely don't think it's good. Yeah. We, uh, we see very eye to eye on this, I think pretty much to a T like we, and I think others as well, it, it, it's so obvious what this movie is very quickly. And I was in a theater, um, that really wanted to get excited. I was in a press plus fan screening so it was pretty cool where like there was you know part people in the press which happened to be me this time which was a pretty cool experience and then a lot of people that just wanted to like were lining up rushing into the theater really wanted to squeeze into like the front row to see this movie and wanted to be pumped um and it just wasn't really happening this movie is totally held back by great uh like analogy or, or kind of comparison of just like some sort of algorithm from before 2008 that is like the perfect way of describing it because it feels so out of touch with 2022 um just not this i mean it's funny the the way the rock talks about it is awesome and like he's so excited about it and he's he's just a really good salesman for it but to me it just doesn't quite it doesn't quite get there we're gonna say i i just wanted to say that like you know, the the post 2008 kind of vibe that this thing has, it's relevant right away and it it starts high and it gets lower. And I think that that is something that is also a classic 
pre-2008 comic book movie thing. I think that was a really good point. How like it just it has that vibe. It has that like it feels like that. And yeah, I I agree. I, I'm very happy that we see eye to eye on this because I think we can talk about the good and the bad because of that. Definitely. And there's a lot of good. That's the thing, too. Uh, a couple days now out of seeing it, mm. I find myself only thinking about the positives mostly. And I have some negatives when we get to the burnt popcorn today where I find them egregiously terrible. Where it's like, this makes this movie so much better. One thing specifically. but I stink. <laughs> yeah. And in general, though, thinking about it, it's like there's a lot of positives. Obviously, we'll talk about that post-credit scene later on today. And I thought Dwayne The Rock Johnson was good. That's that's one thing I do have to say, just still like not spoilers. I thought his portrayal as this as Teth Adam was pretty good. I do not think it was bad. And I'll go a step further. I won't mind seeing him pop up in a future project. Like I am I'm happy with how passionate The Rock is about this character and DC because DC needs that. Right. DC needs that kind of like like shock shock to them of like actual passion, you know, for the project and from their creators and stuff, because I feel like so much it's like you put out a DC movie right now, especially like still in this DCEU kind of deal. It's like, is it going to work? Right. Do people really care the the comparisons to the MCU and stuff. And I think it's a great thing that The Rock is involved in this because he's someone that makes things happen clearly. Right. And if he is put if this character is added into a better written movie next time. I think the character character will work well. Before we get into spoilers, before we get into our good popcorn, I also want to shout out just blanket statement. The JSA I thought was pretty good. I was not super disappointed with those characters. Didn't blow me out of the water. I'm not like in love, but I liked them, right? And that's kind of the best thing I can say about it. And it's a mixed bag. This movie is so... I think it's so obvious, like the criticisms for it. You know, I can't imagine someone raving about this without understanding what's wrong with it. And the opposite, I can't really, I I guess I probably can more see someone shitting on this without seeing any of the positives. But if you get past some of the negatives, there are some cool elements to it. So let's get into those cool elements. Let's get into spoilers. Here we are in spoilers. Matt, we're gonna start with you. I'm tossing tossing the softball your way. Let's start with the good man. What yeah. what was that? This is a popcorn movie, by the way. So you want to go into a theater, get a giant tub, salty, buttery, delicious popcorn, get a refill. Sure, le- there's plenty of opportunities in this movie to leave the theater, get the popcorn, and come back. <laughs> <laughs> what is one of the things that you would not want to miss? Let's start with the good. Let's start good with the question. good popcorn. Yeah, it's let's a Very good question. I do just want to like go on a little just side, t- not related to the movie at all. Sure. Popcorn. I, I didn't love it growing up. It's a teeth thing. It's not the taste. Taste is great. It smells better. It's a teeth thing for me. You know, I, I, I've had, you know, some dental issues throughout my life, so it gets stuck in weird parts of my mouth. And um, I've recently gotten back into it, though, because, you know, I'm I'm a movie journalist now, David. No big deal. But um, do, do you hack your popcorn in any way or are you just salt and butter, you know, straight up? So I've been leaning away from the butter because it gives me stomach aches without it, fail. It, popcorn belly. Yeah. So yeah. I've just been trying to go with just like just normal popcorn. I, I go to AMC mostly. They have decent popcorn. Some and theaters better popcorn. than others. And I just go for it i have the uh annual popcorn bucket i love popcorn it's something just like light to munch on and 
do while watching anything. So yeah, Pam Gore's the ultimate popcorn bucket queen. You know, <laughs> she collects those. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I've recently gotten back into it. I feel like butter is like a you got to be in the mood for it kind of thing. Definitely. I'm putting chocolate candy in my pocket. Ooh, nice. And let me tell you, David, it's revolutionary. <laughs> it's amazing, dude. I've heard of it. And this. like, like I, I told you last time about how my theater, uh, my RPX I go to is kind of going downhill fast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They got those shelf arms that you can just put stuff on oh. and really like navigate your food. These IMAXs that don't have the RPX to them, like you don't have a lot of lap room. But man, when you can make the chocolate and popcorn work, I did cookie dough bites today. Frozen cookie dough bites. Come Ooh. on now. I love that. The the crunch clusters are my favorite though because they okay. taste like popcorn. So nice. for anyone who hasn't thought of it, chuck some M and M's in there. Man. I've heard it's the M and M delicious. Yep, yep, I've heard of that. It's absolutely delicious. My first piece of good popcorn. Um, we're going to talk about Dwayne Johnson. That's going to happen. He needs to be talked about for a lot of reasons, good and bad. But the JSA, I think, like you know, for a, a one piece of burnt popcorn in this first batch of good popcorn. This is a classic DCEU two movies in one situation. Like they are mm-hmm. making two movies here. And the JSA is one of them. And a lot of focus is on Hawkman and Dr. Fate specifically as, you know, kind of like the secondary main characters of this movie. I could argue Hawkman's the main character of this movie in a lot of different ways. You know what I right. mean? So I think that the JSA got enough attention in this to be good like there's nothing special about these characters these are it's a lot of copy and paste throughout this movie as far as like the superhero character but i loved the football coach mentality of hawkman i loved 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 adam smasher the Mm -hmm. entire time that kid fucking killed it dude he was hilarious he's he's the only time in my opinion the comedy shined through as opposed Mm -hmm. to just kind of being there like it wasn't not funny but i wasn't laughing Unless Adam Smasher was on the board. And then those two talking together, I think they had a great chemistry. But the JSA is a, as a whole, the different little intricacies of the relationships between those four, I thought worked really well. I have problems with how they functioned like as a, an asset in this movie. Their utilization within the plot, I thought, yeah. was messed up. But if if on, on a surface level situation, looking at the JSA, Hawkman, Cyclone, Adam Smasher, and Dr. Fate, which spoilers, dies... But, you know, just like those four, there's something there. I don't think it's anything great, but they they did provide, you know, levity in this movie that, you know, despite so many attempts, doesn't have a ton of it. And I think that the JSA, as as abrupt as they are in this movie and in this universe, Amanda Waller, but I, I as abrupt as they are, I did find them enjoyable in a lot of ways mostly on a surface level aesthetic kind of way their yeah. motivations their decisions they make you know the the, the quote unquote relationships they have with each other which are hand waved across the board that there is something fun about them i loved watching them in action i liked the moments where they work together from time to time and i think that they they were a fun piece on the board were they a good piece on the board maybe maybe not it's like rookie year tyreek hill punt returner um, he get those swing handoffs. Uh, yeah, end around Alex Smith uh, end rounds. Absolutely, yeah. You know he's a gadget player, and I think the JSA kind of played that role where they were fun to watch. They didn't lead to a bunch of points, but they they had a good time getting those yards. They were a big yeah. yardage kind of player in this game. Yep, I uh, I tend to agree. I do think Hawkman and Doctor Fate for me were the standouts. Mm. Uh, and dude, 
Hawkman. Hodge is big, dude. <laughs> big. Hawk, Hawkman was great. I loved how he stood up. You know, he just always was the guy standing up and like, what's actually right here? We don't have to kill people. You know, he was kind of, to me, the like Captain America. I was just about um, to say it. You know, yeah, it, he felt very Captain America to me, doing things the right way, not trying to, um, you know, not giving excuses for killing people, right? There is a better way, right? There is there is a different alternative route that we can do to still lead to victory, um, to defeating our enemies besides that, you know, Teth Adams idea of just, you kill them, right? And I agree in the sense that it's definitely not all of the uh, humor worked with them. Not all the humor worked in the entire movie for me. Um, but I was going to ask you, this is your this is your first bit of good popcorn. I stole you, from you. I know, but it was it was all good. <laughs> like I said, we saw this we see, saw this movie. I think very evenly. Um, did you feel any emotional stakes when Doctor Fate died? No. No. Okay. Absolutely not. If I'm being completely honest, and just real quick, I'm gonna write down all the different comic book movie tropes we mentioned throughout this review, so we can count them at the end. That'll be fun. <laughs> I can do this all day. It's the first of the list. <laughs> but uh, Doctor Fate. I mean, I'm a child of the '90s. You know, until Daniel Craig came around, my James Bond was Pierce Brosnan. Loved having him on screen. His eyebrows with his silver hair, I think, is electric in a George Clooney kind of way. And I think that's really awesome. He looks fantastic. I don't know how old yeah. Pierce Brosnan is, but he looks fantastic. But they really didn't put a lot on him in this movie. This was very Hawkman, Black Adam, and I, you know, the family, the kids, the the. I I forget their names. I'm sorry, but the I, woman and her son. I have no idea their names. By the way, we're gonna I, get there. Armin, I, I think, is the kid's name. Who was good? Um, but mm. you know, it was it was definitely. <laughs> I would say Dr. Fate is like fourth, fifth on the list of like people they wanted you to care about throughout the movie. And then again, classic, you know, comic book movie stuff. The people you care about maybe the least, they're the ones in the final act. They're the ones in the final battle. Why should I care kind of thing? Dr. Fate did not hit for me on any sort of like stakes kind of level. Um, I, I liked him as a character, but like I did not care about him nearly as much as I cared about Adam Smasher and Cyclone, which, you know, sounds crazy, yeah. but they, they they hit when they were on screen more than Dr. Fate did. Yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll jump into my first bit of good popcorn here, too, because I popcorn, I, right? Yeah, yeah I tend to agree. <laughs> I, yeah, well, there's a lot. It's like there's no good without bad in this movie, right? It's it's all kind of connected. You just can't escape it. It's all it really melted and solidified together. I agree. My first one is The Rock's performance. Honestly, it could have been worse. And that doesn't sound like that great of praise. But for what he was given and this character, I thought it worked really well. Like, I thought in a way, because it was The Rock, I felt way more entertained while watching. God, just his physique. Filling out that Like, I remember first seeing the suit and me. It's so cool. Like, it's skin tight. There isn't. And he was proud of it, right? I love it. You know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's like, yeah, there is no padding. There is no kind of defining. It's just like supposed to be right on your skin. And how you see it created too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the flashback where it's kind of like these little, like the lightning kind of, and just like is it's right over most, his skin. Is that not the most Zack Snyder shot of all time? <laughs> of all time. It's crazy. It's crazy. 
There so, are some Zack Snyder shots for sure. I think the most Zack Snyder shot is Superman with his arms laid out uh, in space. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which they've done in three different Superman movies. Yeah, that, <laughs> that they just can't get enough of. Reeves did it. Roth did it in one movie. <laughs> it's like, it's <laughs> there is something. It's like, it's like, do they know he's not? I don't know if he's not actually Jesus. You know, no, like I oh, get Batman versus Superman. He is <laughs> damn straight. He's Jesus. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Who's more Jesus? Uh, Henry Cavill in BVS or Toby Wired Spider-Man 2? <laughs> Something we'll never know. That's a great Spider-Man. debate for another time. Oh, um, don't, don't get me started, David. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, let's talk about those movies. Good popcorn. Yes, Good popcorn. and Spider-Man Good popcorn. 2. OK, OK. Um, <laughs> so, so we got The Rock. I thought um, between specifically, and we'll talk more about the flashbacks later, or something that I really enjoyed in this movie. I love flashbacks. I'm a sucker for them. I thought they used the flashbacks pretty well in this movie. I thought his portrayal of Teth Adam and from when back, way back when, and you know, 2600 BC to present day, I thought it translated really well. Him as a father, I thought it translated really well. I thought him just um, not being completely just the rock like there was some element like that is the character um but still having that kind of like stone cold charisma to him as well and kind of being a, a doofus <laughs> a little bit too um where it's like he didn't understand like star- sarcasm he kind of reminded me really weird comp I, i'm curious what you're thinking of it's not what i'm thinking vision a little oh, bit i was gonna say drax same exact thing. Drax. That's a yeah, good yeah, one yeah. too. That 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 vision's better. Vision's better. Vision's better. Because it's something about how he like almost like woke up and mm-hmm. was just there and super almighty powerful and didn't understand everything about the world. Well, I figured the door was open, so why could yeah? I just <laughs> very, exactly very very good exactly. <laughs> um, like some similar kind of humor beats in there as well. But I just thought his performance was good, and it's not just. I think when it was serious, he was able to take it seriously. I thought when it was lighter, his acting was you know well done in the light areas as well so out of everything that to me is a really shining moment because i like i said in the opening thoughts like if he pops up in the next superman movie if he pops up in whatever in shazam in a cameo in something right i'm cool with it i'm down like i'm I'm into this character i'm into what black adam is going to bring for the rest because at the end of this movie he is set up for a future right he is now you know hover he's not supposed to leave um Kondok but besides that like obviously he's going to and I think he's set up in a pretty good way of like having some sort of I don't know power over the DC world the DC universe going forward and he seems like a main character and we'll see what that really turns into right we'll see how that progresses but I'm down for the rock returning in this character and some other projects the whole story beat about the rock being beloved by Kandak, but being reprimanded by everybody else, Amanda Waller, the JSA, etc., gets me so excited for Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom's gonna be dope as shit. Yeah. But I will say, I love the rock. One of the the greatest microphone performer of all time. Mm. No question about it. There's some great ones. No one handles a microphone and commands a room better than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. John Cena, I truly believe, is the only one that can combat that. And that's more about patriotism than anything, right? Something The Rock's never leaned into even a little bit, despite being America's most famous person. <laughs> yeah. So my only issue with what, and I, 
I don't disagree. This isn't burnt popcorn for me, The Rock's performance. I would not put it in good popcorn person. Right. And my only gripe is, man, they didn't let this guy talk. Mm. They did not let The Rock talk at all. And I I just looked at so much potential in the cynical, almost creepy character they almost set up with his killing people and how okay he was with it in the eyebrow raises before he killed somebody almost a shoulder shrug kind of way a joker quality to it a little bit that could have been great or they could have done the fish out of water thing another trope i wrote down by the way um (laughs) they could have done the fish out of water thing sarcasm catchphrase uh we catchphrase then kill all those little things i just felt like they had their feet in both sides of the pool on that one yeah, I know that's not an expression, but I, I did. They did not commit one way or another to the Deadpool anti-hero kind of vibe, and they didn't commit to the, you know, kind of like dark Black Adam that, that yeah, they, villainous. They, they they definitely set up throughout the entire movie. They could have leaned into that multiple times. We didn't get the plane scene where he punches one wing and then goes after the right? other. One. We didn't get that. That could have been his best action scene that reflects his personality and they did so many of them that could have been the best one it might might still be you know after seeing it in the trailer but i just the only the only issue i have with the rocks performance is they they didn't commit one way or another between the anti-hero and the you know the lovable well i don't know not to kill kind of guy i don't know the best way to describe that they didn't lean one way or another and because of that the Rock didn't get a lot of time to do what he does best and talk. Right. Dwayne The Rock Johnson does talking better than anybody. Very reminiscent. And I hate doing this because it's, you know, it's very, you know, surface level. The Rock is better in Fast Six than he is in Hobson Shaw because he's a part of that movie. He isn't that movie. Right. And I, I think The Rock should have been the villain of this movie. And the JSA yeah. should have been the heroes. And I, as I, I don't disagree with anything you loved about the Rock's performance. I just, I'm mad we didn't get more of the good and less of the opposite of what they were trying to do, which was make him fun, charismatic, almost right. Even though he is that vision, Vision's a great comp. I, I'm bummed. I'm bummed. I thought Drax because Vision's so much better because he is that all powerful, <laughs> can split anything in half kind of guy. Right. You know what I mean? He's not angry about anything he does. He just yeah. does it. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. That was a lot better than White Vision, maybe even. What? Where's he? No one knows. Um. So yeah, that's my thoughts on the Rock. Is that the good was good? I just think that they hindered him from really letting loose and doing what he does best and talk. Yep, I, I hear you. I definitely hear you. And I think part of that, too, and what you're saying is exactly right, where it's like he should have been the villain. And that excites me for a future project because we may exactly. not get a Black Panther 2 or yes. I mean, Black Adam 2, but we'll get him in a future project where it's like now he's just kind of a badass, right? We kind of got yeah. this. We got through this origin story. We understand his fighting can be really cool. Nothing was too. They didn't do too much in this movie from the sense of like world building where nothing Mm-mm. from this movie can just this movie could just be literally forgotten if we if it needed to be you know sure. we would if we never saw these characters again we can kind of get over that black adam at this point we should probably see more of right sure. if actually trying to build this thing out and bring superman back and i think we will um but at the same time it's like they didn't 
break the world, if you know what I mean. Like it wasn't Absolutely. anything that's crazy that happens in this one. And the localization of Black Adam, I think, helped that a lot. They they put a huge emphasis on that. Like this is his. Yep. He's a territorial hero. Quote, yeah. you know, quote unquote, kind of thing. A uh, Black Panther esque, you know, in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hold definitely. They, they ran a ship into a, the water that they shouldn't have. There you go. Another trope I'm writing down real quick. Yep, yep, perfect. All right, let's get to uh, what's your next <laughs> bit of a uh, good popcorn? All right. <laughs> um, it's it's almost like this movie has more top plays than it does burnt popcorn because there are moments of this movie that are dope, but the holistic senses of this movie kind of. You mean the are, good popcorn? Yeah, I'm sorry. Good yeah, popcorn. Yeah, yeah. There's more top plays than good popcorn. Yeah. Because like the the specifics of the movie, there are dope moments. Holistically, there isn't a ton to grab onto except for aesthetic things. Again, classic DCEU movie costumes. The DCEU has had a leg up in the costume design department the entire time. They've never not been great at it. Obviously, Justice League, the Joss Whedon version. There's a whole bunch of complications that went into that. They shot all those scenes on a black and gray Superman uh, costume, and they had to make it blue, red, and yellow after the fact. That's why that looks like shit. I don't, yeah. I, I don't count that one, right? But the costumes across the board for everybody. I'm talking Black Adam. I'm talking everybody in the JSA. I'm even talking about the shitty villain at the end. He looked dope. And and there's one thing that the Warner Brothers crew has always done well, and it's have that epic feeling, that Zack Snyder feeling, where it does feel <laughs> like 300. Like, it really does. And I think that they did such a good job across the board, nonstop. Great costume work for everybody. I know that seems like a small thing, but it's what I latched onto the most from this movie is how great everyone looked. And the way Black Adam's costume adapted to what was going on in his life. The... the traditional one where he was the quote-unquote hero the champion um love the use of the word champion across this movie by the way i i I like that that's a fun one i i can get behind the champion thing uh braun from game of thrones you know one of the greatest champions of all time but um you know the old school look and then the new school look and then the new new school look with the gold and the cape and all that stuff love the new newest one yeah And, and and i love how that that represented something in this movie he Mm -hmm. did he did awaken again as a newer shazam and i and i and i appreciated that um cyclone good god that was epic like 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 just every time they did that so much slow motion but every time they put her so much slow motion it was it was stunning i mean she's a i don't know who the actress is but stunning human being wrapped in all that color and that magnificent head of hair yeah. Um, I think that, you know, they, they played to everyone's strengths costume wise, and it never wasn't great. And, you know, Iron Man's in this movie. It's Hawkman. And I think that's a really cool thing that they did was yeah. make him more Iron Man like. And across the board, costume design continues to be my MVP of the DCEU. Even in my least favorite movies, the costume design is always good. Yep. The original Suicide Squad sucks. Stinker movie. P.U. Right. Some of the best costume work you'll see across the board. And it's mm. very good. I agree. And that kind of leads into my last bit of good popcorn, really. And it's funny that you said it's hard to have it's it's hard to have it holistic because I literally wrote 90 percent of the action (laughs) (laughs) I thought was good with the heroes. Like not everything. Right. I can't I cannot. I refuse to say to someone this is a great there's great action in the movie because I don't think it's I don't I can't say that, you know, there's some of it's just bad 
some of it's very clunky some of it's a little too cgi you know it's not like like the batman the batman i'd be like great action you know for when we get it, it but it's it's totally Splendid. different it's not even close to like the same kind of movie and i will say though here's what i'm going to focus on the power sets of each character right mm-hmm. black adam using his electricity float just the way he floats and flies all looks great his just his strength when he just like throws that one guy into the field that was also a really good comedic beat where it's like oh we don't we, you know we, we want to like save some of our prisoners and he's like did he die and then he lands he didn't make it <laughs> that, that one i thought it. was that was good, good. that's like a genuine chuckle for the first time in the movie outside of adam smasher stuff that's why I pointed it out because same yeah. here. I'm like, yeah, that was yeah. good. That was funny. Um, that was good. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought a lot of Black Adam, obviously, this one I'm excited for maybe his future because I thought his powers were really cool. I love the electricity. I love the way he looked floating. love the way he looked fighting and flying and all that good stuff, right? I thought it all looked excellent um, and they did a pretty good job with the action. You could tell they, they used the CGI for the most part really well and like the action sequences. It wasn't gross. It wasn't like, ah, this blows. Like you said, um, Cyclone, slow mo, awesome. awesome. Love the slow mo. Adam Smasher looks cool. I like his mm-hmm. little Deadpool mask, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and just like the way he talked. I I definitely agree with you. Like, what? I have no idea who the actor's name is. Love that guy though. I think he could definitely He's be great. a player going forward in the uh, DCU or whatever. Like, that's what's cool about this movie is that it's not great, but on its own. But heading into the future, it didn't like mess anything up. And I think it, these characters could work in better movies. So that's really promising to me because uh, this is getting out of the action a little bit, but just Hawkman, Cyclone, Adam Smasher, Black Adam. I'm cool to see any of those guys come back and Hawkman himself. So getting back to the action, I thought his action was really cool. His just rage all the time. Just he never gives up, right? Just no, never backs down. Doesn't care if he's fighting basically a god in Black Adam. Just still goes for it. Loved him. I thought he I thought he could if they wanted to, he could be a real big player going forward in some of these movies just because he had that personality to him and just the heart. I, I felt the heart in that character and in the action. I love the wings. I liked mm-hmm. when like Black Adam would bolt off and then he'd have to like he just be, he'd have to kind of float up a little bit first. Um, <laughs> really cool. Uh, I thought the action overall was good. I agree. I think that. It's a volume play, I think, with the action. There's not, it's not 100%. Like, there is some bad action, but there's so much of it. The majority of this movie is action. It. Yeah, there's a lot the of it majority is. majority of this movie is action. And again, and, you know, back to those superhero tropes from the early aughts. Like, you know, we, we have story just to get to more action. And that's what this movie just didn't shy away from, even a little bit. And, you know, I think that's a wild move. Like, you have to have some pretty special action for that to work overall. But at the end of the day... A lot of cool stuff happening and i think that i agree everybody had a different visual language which i think worked really mm-hmm. well together adam smasher specifically i like how they popped him up in different situations like like when uh uh black adam was holding up the statue and then just out of nowhere adam smasher just pops up giant face you know totally comfortably holding that thing the camera work with him being big i thought was well done yeah um, i talked about cyclone already and i think that just overall, they they dev you can tell that that was one of their priorities was to make everybody visually interesting during action scenes and give them a lot of opportunity to flesh that out over and over and over again. 
a lot of similarity between a lot of the action scenes, but I enjoyed them overall. I saw yeah. an IMAX. That's always a you know bonus with that kind of stuff. So yeah, I agree. Ninety percent of the action between all the heroes was very good, and the majority of it was between each other, which I think is an interesting exactly. thing that that doesn't happen a ton in these types of movies. So I think that you know for what it's you know for for as shallow as the reasoning might be the end product of them fighting each other so many different ways, so many different times worked out. I think that a volume play, you know, you throw, you throw the ball 70 times, you're going to end up with a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. That's exactly what we got here. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get into, we are kind of leaving the, what turned into be the mediocre popcorn <laughs> into the burnt popcorn of today. Matt hit me with your first bit of burnt popcorn. Gross. Writing of this movie kind of stinks. Oh, it's so bad. The writing's pretty oh. bad. It's it it is it is so one track mind. It is so surface level, and there is no interesting reason that anybody does anything in this entire movie. And it's it's just it's it's very vanilla and straightforward. And it's it's and and it inserts complication to itself where it doesn't need to. With the you know you mentioned the flashbacks being okay, this movie didn't need those. I think that I think that they 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 were decent scenes, but like the complication that they added throughout the entire thing, all the flash, you know, this is one of my biggest criticisms, criticisms about Man of Steel is that the precursor or the flashbacks happened for 30 minutes at the beginning of that movie. And it's just a lot of the movie to be the prologue, quote unquote. Mm. That's what needed to happen here. Because they got in the way the more we went on with this movie. And, and as far as the script goes, you know, you you see how they laid this thing out. And it's just it's it's super unfortunate. And I don't blame any actor. I don't blame any action scene. I don't blame any visual artist. But it starts off as good as it gets. And it just gets worse as the movie goes on. And then at the end of the day. It just it's a little too long, man. This movie is yeah. about 30 minutes too long. Yep. And there is an entire second ending to this movie. This movie is has a finality to it. And then it's followed up by the crescendo of the movie. It's Batman versus Superman where the movie ends. And then there's another ending. It's almost like they couldn't decide between the two. So they put both in. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's unfortunate. For sure. I agree. And my bit of my first bit of burnt popcorn is right on top of this uh i i agree i do i think the one thing we do disagree on the most is the flashbacks i actually think those worked the most storytelling wise in this movie but that's just my opinion and i as we all know love flashback scenes sure and like you mentioned but man of steel i think it's so beautifully executed how they sit so much in clark as a child sure. anyway man a teenager um so my first bit that drove me nuts was this whole family story this mom this kid this the uncle the brother who the guy who ends up being the villain all that shit you so it that and there was a lot of the story a lot of this movie like you said the reasons for why they're doing these things is pretty much focused on this family i don't know one of their names I don't care to know any of their names. I thought the child actor, that kid, was not very good. And it's child acting, so I don't want to be too harsh or anything. But, like, he is a focal point in this movie. And almost every time he's on screen, I'm like, yikes. 
couldn't have gotten someone else or maybe just made him a little bit older or something like just, I think even just the way he was written as this like I got I got the sense you know there he's trying to make he's full of hope he's got the Superman and the Batman posters also didn't love that I'm like come on what what the what so is that much even, of it what does it even so mean? much of it and it's like Aquaman and stuff and it's like what? trying to distance yourself from the previous DCEU is wild to me that that's even a thought for anybody who wrote or produced this movie like they were they they couldn't resist but to call back to the old dceu the entire movie i just don't understand it i don't understand yeah. well i think part of it is at the time of you know uh, pre-production writing this movie they didn't know what the future was so they were like you know what let's let's make sure people know in the theater hey this is a dc movie you just you throw out names like superman and batman very cheap very lazy writing in my opinion it's horrible so I did not like I just didn't buy it. It was just this is rough. This is such a basic little story. I and like I get where it's like, you know, this this country has been under siege. And and I did also think and that it's a, this is a nitpick too, that there was such a connection to these people and what happened. Oh, four thousand. Yeah, over four thousand years ago. And it feels like that happened like 200 years ago for some reason. No, 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 That that's that's not good. <laughs> that's and not good. I agree. And and another problem with these characters is that they sway so much of the motivation for every single character on the board. The Rock, um, you know, he 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 changes so much of that aggressive slave mentality he has where you know i'll kill anybody violence is required how else are you supposed to do this all this stuff but he he just throws all that out the window for these two and they never give a reason why really yeah. they, they never have any sort of connection as to why the rock would do that but also even i think even more egregious on the other side the justice society they they're they just change all of their plans and motivations um, you know, because she wants to, you know, call the shots because she holds a crown or whatever. Like, right, like she dictates so much. She dictates so much of what everybody does. And then at the end of the day, she herself, the mom, is a foot flopper. The Justice Society just says, Yeah, that's not how the story went down. And she's like, Oh, so you're a liar, huh? Like, like she she totally just flips on Black Adam immediately and then flips back. It's just that it was. And and oh my god, the exposition! Like they—that's the only reason these people were there. You can't make your exposition pieces the focal points of the plot because it just makes it un—it it makes the audience unable to really care about anything they say or do because everything they say or do is just telling you what we're supposed to feel or what we're supposed to think, or this is why this is this way. And it's just, it's so surface level and vanilla that that's, and you know, hate doing this. Sorry guys. Marvel studios puts all of their exposition in either in one of two ways, charismatic side characters that really aren't important to the main plot at the end of the day, or they find creative, interesting chemistry moments to do exposition this was straight up right in your face these characters were here to tell you what was going on they weren't here to show you what was going on they were here to tell you what was going on and that stinks i hate that i agree and even just how i just like the beginning of the movie and i was kind of more invested then of 
when it's like, oh, they're going to be traveling around, right? Like they're going to be searching for this, the the crown, essentially. It's like, oh, okay, this could be a little bit more action-y. And then it just quickly becomes from this kind of ragtag team, one of those guys ends up becoming the villain, right? And it's like, uh, like it just, it crumbles quickly is my point. Ugh. It just crumbles so quickly. And let's get to your next bit of bad popcorn, but I'm excited for my last bit. Oh man, I can't wait to talk about that one. The hierarchy of the DCEU has gone absolutely nowhere. <laughs> and yeah, I know it's, it's not stupid. even a thing. I know it's stupid to be like, well, what about the movie? You know, who cares what they said before or after? What do you think of the movie yourself? They promoted this as a shift. The next era, like like these aren't my words, guys, the next era of DC films. And this could not be more exactly what a DC film is. It's two movies in once. There's an unprecedented, unearned, who gives a fuck villain at the end of it, just like oh. every other DC movie. And there's just so much Snyderisms to this movie on good and bad sides. The idea that this was promoted, advertised, and I I fear, you know, used as a shift makes me just so worried. You know, Walter Hamada, I, you know, a lot of off-screen stuff, the Ray Fisher stuff. Any sort of, you know, I, I know Man of, Feels, Man of Steel fans feel slighted because he never really fleshed out Superman and that stinks. But one thing that he was preventing was the resurgence of exactly what we've been getting over and over and over with these DC films. Think about the two movies that came before this. The Suicide Squad, The Batman, complete, unique, and different and and personality driven visions that produce some really awesome movies. The Batman is great for all the reasons it's great. Well, you know, I you know, you don't need to think too hard. I think the Suicide Squad is an awesome rendition of what DC movies can be, especially these obscure character ones that the DC has plenty of. This was such a step backwards. We need to get back to what quote unquote brought us here. And that's just lazy fan service and cheesy action scenes and it's just the dceu reverting back to what it was while presenting that it's moving forward it makes me really nervous that nobody over there really wants to move forward they just want to make people happy and by quote-unquote making people happy they make kind of a boring movie yeah that is the cardinal sin of blockbuster films you cannot be boring and when you do so many things that you know people are you know just this is tropey and standard and vanilla you're gonna end up being kind of boring and the hierarchy of the dceu is right back to where we started and you know you said it last week on the podcast two steps forward one step back this is a big step back out of the suicide squad and the batman the new vision of dc films the it, even if you want to like say that the Suicide Squad is one hundred percent in the DCEU <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> of Amanda Waller, but you know you want to say the Batman's an Elseworld story. Okay, that's one branch. Uh, the Suicide Squad that's kind of James Gunn doing his own thing. That's another branch. The DCEU stuff, Shazam, Man of Steel, Snyder things. This is not a good look. I'm worried for Aquaman. I'm worried for the Flash. I'm worried for whatever Wonder Woman's going to be. 
And I'm worried for the next time we see Henry Cavill because I think it's going to be a lot of this. I think it's going to be a lot of the same things because I don't think they want to commit to doing something different with these characters. And it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, let's just end it there. No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> now that I just... <laughs> well, because I mean, it's like it's disheartening. You're, you're completely correct. I 100% agree. Um, you know, I have hope that if they do decide and I do think the biggest hope that I have is that this new ownership group at WB Discovery has greenlit one DC movie, Joker 2. That's it. That is the only movie they have technically greenlit. So in a way, and it sucks for us fans, but the executives did not greenlight Shazam, Flash, Aquaman. They canned Batgirl, right? So those movies, what they're going to try to do and spin in marketing like they did Black Adam, how it's going to change things up and then you know throw in Henry Cavill in a post-credit scene to make everything better, put a Band-Aid on everything and make everyone happy. It's just... I th- I expect more of that too. You know, I expect Shazam to be similar to this movie. I I expect. I mean, I think it'll be movie, a- dude. Right, Shazam two is going to be the exact same movie we just watched. Yeah. So, anyway, my most egregious burnt popcorn I've ever had in this podcast was this fucking CGI Sabak devil villain at the end. You mentioned it earlier. I don't need to rehash. The most undeserving random egregious cgi villain possibly ever and that is saying something that is saying something specifically for the dceu because there have been plenty there have been several this one is completely out of left field no reason there's no reason for him they could have what's so frustrating that they i feel like they felt the need to have that big good versus bad or like you know kind of bad versus bad (laughs) like fight at the end and that in that moment of like him getting out of the tank and being like sometimes you do need a little you know after the last sometimes you do need a little like darkness essentially like you don't you know maybe it is good to kind of like kill and fight back and it's like holy shit this this to me is what puts us back in pre-2008 we're like we need a big bat at the end we need some some big thing to fight at the end we need uh, uh um uh, what is it? Sorry, in um BVS. Uh, what's that? Um, oh, Doomsday. Doomsday. Sorry, this is Doomsday. Doomsday. Oh, right. Is. Steppenwolf is terrible. Was terrible looking. Origi- a little bit more of a purpose. Original Steppenwolf. Original Steppenwolf is terrible looking. Yeah, exactly. Like what? What played in a theater? <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's start there. Um. Yeah. No, this was terrible. Like this was a. This was not. I wouldn't even call him a bad villain. He's just not even a villain you know it's it's just he shouldn't have he shouldn't have existed you know there was no point it was it was extra you know they just threw him in it's ridiculous Awful. you know like it, it to me that's what's most concerning it's like we can't learn from that we gotta th- we don't know that fans don't want to see that like yeah he wins at the end of the day and there's like some uplifting feeling i guess but damn man i don't that's not what i wanted and i was I'd probably visibly upset in the theater being like, wow, they really like that was when I knew this was a step back because it's like, God, we can't get out of this funk, this funk, the random CGI villain funk. We're still doing that in 2022. 
I don't care who the executives and the producers were. We're still doing that. I, I couldn't believe it. I still can't believe it. You know who called this? Hmm. Jennifer Walters. This is everything <laughs> the She-Hulk finale made yes. fun of. This yes. Everything. Everything the She-Hulk finale made fun of. It's absolutely insane. You know, when Orville James Simpson presumably killed two people in the 90s, that that trial was a lock. You know, everybody was pretty sure he did it, right? And then they made him put on that glove and it didn't fit. And it's known as one of the worst like legal moves ever to give the the witness the evidence. And just they went one step too far. They got greedy and they wanted that one final punch and it ended up ruining everything. Man, did this end up ruining everything? Yeah, it it there was redeemability across the board with this movie before that final act. It might be the worst final act in DCEU comic book movie history, like Spider-Man three stinks for sure. It's got more way better than it's got this. more redeeming qualities than this. We at least met those guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's bad, but it's not this bad. It's suicide it's squad's a really bad one. It's really With tough. Tara Delevingne. Oh, oh, this is so suicide squad. Like I said, and I'll, and I'm, I'll just send it here. This is a classic DCEU film. Yeah. The hierarchy of the DCEU yeah. has taken a massive step to the right. It has yep. gone absolute. If if the Batman and the Suicide Squad didn't exist, the, the DCU has gone absolutely nowhere. Zero yeah. movement forward. Maybe even a step back. All um, right. Last bit. I got one last bit, and it's just they don't deserve to have so many wink and nods to so many comic book movies that they have in this movie. Um, the Iron Man scene we got in the trailer never showed up here. I think that's disrespectful. If you're gonna, I do think it, that was it. Purposeful for just to throw I, in the marketing, just to look, make it, it look like similar. Iron Man. Put it in the goddamn movie then. The <laughs> the Black Panther moment where they fly into the ocean and it's like flying into Wakanda. Like you know, uh, these coordinates better be right, or we're gonna land a lot quicker than we want to. It's my best, Anthony Mackie. Um, but you know that they, they did that. Um, the the freaking Clint Eastwood stuff, dude. The Dirty Harry. Be Weird. more obvious, like be more obvious that this is supposed to be the bad guy. I get it, dude. I get it. You yeah. don't have to have three dirty Harry scenes in a span of like 15 minutes. Yeah. So forced. spread that out a little bit. If you're going <laughs> to if you're going to play, if you're going to play the theme song for Dirty Harry, do it well. Make it at the end of the movie. Don't put it right in the middle. And the most egregious one. An amazing song choice. Um, I don't even remember that. The Johnny Cash song. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's some good, there's some good needle drops in this movie. You know what they were doing, right? That was Quicksilver. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. You can't take that away, guys. Okay. I had a comp for this movie, by the way. X Men huh. Apocalypse. Sure. Oh, oh, yes. That's a great one. That's ideal. That's exactly what this is. Just yep. too much. Dial yeah. it back or commit more to what you're doing. But highlights. There's highlights. Highlights, sure. But Quicksilver, those scenes are the greatest part of the Fox Men universe. I grew up on X-Men movies. They're some of my favorite movies of all time. X2 is my most watched movie ever. The Quicksilver stuff is the best part of that universe. Mm-hmm. More than Deadpool. They, they did that. He's moving completely fast. He taps something. It totally changed it. Yeah. They did the Quicksilver scene, and it was disgusting. It, 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 it wasn't even that bad of a scene. You guys don't deserve that. 
Yeah. What I kind of enjoyed do- it, but it's just because it was they were replicating was, something else. Who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like be creative or don't yeah. do it at all. And it was it they tried to be that so hard and I thought it stunk. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's get back into some of the fun stuff because, like I said, this is a highlight reel. There are some top sure. plays, so hit me with your first top play if you have any. Um, Just everything that Adam Smasher and Cyclone did with each other. I thought that was a very cute romance. I thought they had a lot mm-hmm. of chemistry. An unbelievable amount of attractive people in this movie, and I believe those two had a great chemistry. So Adam Smasher and Cyclone. Nice. My first one is, uh, no doubt about it, a home run. Uh Superman. I mean, he is the, I would say, top play uh, we're going to see in a while. Like that, I know it, it. they fumbled the bag in the sense of like, it just, they're promoting it now. Like it's an open part of promotion. The Rock won't shut up about it. I get it. And I will say, Matt, the last week, the tracking for the box office went up. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. If that's, the, if that was the goal, Got a roar in my theater. Not sure how yours was, you know, in the middle of the day today. Um, Nothing. Right. When I went, um, yeah. I, I, I would just like to say, when I went, grinning ear to ear, it it does, I will say, it did make me leave happier than I should have been, you know, because he looked amazing. The mm-hmm. suit looked perfect. The, the We talked about this earlier off, off the air. The uh, John Williams score plays, not Hans Zimmer, Zimmer Man of Steel. Which... Dun, so da, da. We got it's like a little dun, da, da. and it's like it's, it's deep too. It's good. It's like what I lo- I my hope and dream in life is that if the, if a Superman two comes out with Henry Cavill, they like combine those themes or something because I love Sick. the Man of Steel theme, but obviously the iconic Superman theme is. Uh, iconic as i just said um the hair curl right they tried to make him look like christopher reeves essentially it was henry cap and i kind of dug it you know it it was the first time really seeing him properly back in the character in a while i kind of like the dialogue it was very super morbius super like uh, it's got something to do with spider-man making a team it's like with the uh, band of waller wait you know, let's <laughs> you know? talk you know like, let's let's have a chat right Let, let's go get a coffee <laughs> but there was something i just henry cavill's back as superman so i cannot not smile about it like i couldn't i could not be excited leaving that theater just because of that and that just comes from my inner teenager that went and like kid that went and saw man of steel fell in love and just wants his character succeed i'm happy he's back it's to me that's better than what we saw in shazam and peacemaker right it's like thank god it's even it's at least <laughs> <Yes>. him <laughs> right so uh, i mean it, false hope absolutely absolutely but I'm, I'm i'm living in it right now right i'm still happy that that scene exists and i can't wait to mm-hmm. see it in hd um sometime later on in life I thought you were about to say it's better than No Way Home. Um, better than No Way Home, <laughs> like like the the Andrew Garfield scene or the Tobey Maguire scene. I would have absolutely not. I would have jumped out your throat. Um, the Joss <laughs> no. Whedon suit, something to think about. That is the Joss Whedon suit. Something mm-hmm. I paid very close attention to. It's spot on. Um, the hair looked great. He looked great. The line I thought was good. Man, it's been a while since anybody's had the world this nervous. Yeah, you know I like that because it was him. You know what I mean? I I did appreciate that callback. I thought the scene kind of stunk. 
I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer because it is Henry Cavill again, and that's exciting stuff. And again, surface level, sure. I'm I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. I, I contextually, I thought it made no sense. Um, the fact that Amanda Water, Amanda Waller warned him, and then Superman was already there. That doesn't yeah. make a ton of sense to me, especially after Batman versus Superman, and we know just kind of how he functions. Um, yeah, that you know, that's all I got to say about it. Really, um, it. it can I be completely honest? I think that's the most Superman Henry Cavill's ever been. <laughs> you know, just that. And I know it was one line dialogue. Man, it's been a while since anybody's. That's some Superman shit. Yeah. You know, I like the light at Snyder Ver- Snyder cut more than I preferred Justice. You know, not impressed. You know, that's a little more Superman y, you know, yeah. and I dig that. Uh, so uh, it, he looked fantastic. He looked incredible. And, yeah. and, and, you know, he looked excited. He, that's the I, thing. He loves his character. And I think that's, you know, advocating just for him. It's like, I, I know he wants to give it another try. He wants to give it another push. He wants to be, goes back to that Instagram post on Superhero Day, that infamous Instagram post he made. He wants to be one of those guys. He wants to be on that Mount Rushmore we talked about in the primer, right? He wants to be one of those guys. He hasn't had the chance to be, in my opinion. And uh, I think I think he needs a proper solo film to possibly get there. And just that that to me will be the I think I think when they green light and there's an official you know Superman 2 or whatever Henry Cavill movie and however that turns out however that looks that is going to be the deal breaker in DC outside of the Batman universe I would say for sure and you know just but again, as cheesy as it is, I did appreciate the smirk from yeah. Dwayne Johnson afterwards. I mean, come on, that's just good stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. Like, it's. I wouldn't have been surprised, and I don't think I would have been mad if he looked at the camera and winked. I really wouldn't. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> yeah. the vibe of that scene. It's the vibe of that movie. Um, my other top play. I didn't have a lot of time to write these down. Um, that's okay. Completely honest. So you go ahead while I think of another one. Sure. Um, I will say Dr. Fate seeing the future. I thought was a pretty cool trope throughout the movie. So that was one of mine. Um, I'll kind of rattle through a couple of these. Yeah, yeah, go for it. One, one of the other ones that you didn't like, but I thought was really good was I thought the flashbacks were handled well. And I thought the flashback scene specifically when it reveals what truly happened and who the champion was and how that was the rock and how that he was. It was his son that was the champion and like why he took the mantle. I thought that worked. I thought that worked as an origin to this character. Just that, right? Not how this is an origin movie, but just that part of his origin story. I thought that was handled pretty well. And I kind of liked the going back into the flashback because there was a moment where I'm like, I was a little confused. I wanted to know more. And they gave that to me. So I was happy with that. My issue with it was that that was the resolution point. Like that was after the big fight. He it's not even like he just remembers that it happened. He tells somebody out loud that it happens. And then, okay, I'll surrender. You know what I mean? Like I just I the execute the 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 scene itself and like how it was played out i thought was good where they put it in the movie the the utilization of it yeah. i thought was you know uh, weird it's like a uh, uh, more football comparisons it's like using your third down back before you're across the 50 and as soon as you get across the 50 you switch it out you know what All i mean right. it's just it, it weird utilization of that scene to be that's that's the reason he surrenders because not even that he remembered what happened. It's just he finally admitted what happened, but they, they didn't set that up in any sort of way. So that that the, the flashback scenes itself, I thought were really good. It was just the timing of it. I guess yep. I hear you. The, the, I don't want to con- be super negative throughout the rest of this thing, but yeah, you know, the context of it all. Yeah. Um, 
I'll say my last one was just Black Adam, the initial fight against the JSA. I thought mm-hmm. was really good in Kondok. Like we, we kind of already we've gone over all of it, but just like seeing their individual powers, seeing how Doctor Fate's powers work. Pr- I will say pretty Doctor Strange esque. Um, like even like it looked like very mirror dimension esque kind of stuff. Um, you know, duplicating himself, but it was cool. Like I, I do think it was well done. And at this point, it's hard. It's gonna be hard for DC to not in some characters be looked at like oh that seems like a marvel copycat because marvel has been able to show off so many characters on the big screen in front of so many millions and millions of people and millions <laughs> it's gonna be a rock joke there for you <laughs> it's gonna be hard for dc to have these characters that are similar but different and be like oh you know adam smasher in this dr fate in this right like kind of characters that we've already seen do those things in marvel that's going to be a hard thing for them to shake. And that's why I think part of it, in my opinion, of them wanting to focus on their main core characters, is those, those are the unique ones. Those yeah. are the ones that are theirs. Though That is DC, right? Yeah. Like Superman, Batman. Right. Batman, Wonder Woman, that as, is Flash. As opposed to Falcon, Giant Man, and Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Storm. <laughs> and Storm. Oh, Storm. I'm so excited for Storm. Yeah. She's coming. Tell me Storm won't be in Wakanda forever. I mean, why not, dude? Come on. Like, let's just do it. I don't know. Maybe it's a contract thing. I don't know. It could be sick, though. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I guess my last piece of good popcorn. um, Or top play or whatever. Top play. Sorry, sorry. Positive note. (laughs) Um, Again, just the the combination fighting I thought was good. Again, what percentage of this movie would you say is action? 51 percent 51 i'd say higher i think like 60 70 like i think about it though there's so much and that's all it is yeah like even the dialogue scenes are just after and before right right like there is no intermediate remember when we met the devil guy that was a montage yeah (laughs) i will say one one thing we haven't mentioned too is the pacing is so weird in this you you alluded to it earlier how it should have been 30 minutes less because like the it moves very quickly actually and like the the movie's happening in like one or one day. <laughs> That's the thing too. I didn't expect that. And then we get to the ending, but yeah, the pacing was all off and uh, yeah, there's just so much action. It kind of, it's, sure. it's overbearing to a certain degree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, That's all the top plays I have. I say we get to the film room. Film room to me. Um, I, like I, I mentioned it earlier. I, I, yeah, it did. It, it looked good. I thought black Adam looked good. You know, I, it wasn't anything. The suit looked good. Um, his flying looked good, which like flying is a weird mechanism to like get correctly. And I thought it always looked good. Even like the hovering too, like hovering. It, I like when I always think if I could fly, I'd always be hovering. I wouldn't walk anywhere. I just hover. So it's like, I like when black guy would just be hovering, you know, staring at his statue of his son, just kind of hovering there. I think it's pretty cool. Um, my only negative thing, and I don't need to die. I don't need to dive into this more. is just like the CGI Satan guy at the end. Sabah, he looked terrible. In my opinion, I thought he like his face. It just looked so bad. Like it didn't matter who this character was. Like that's just the most generic thing you'd pot, especially a demon coming from like hell. How generic can you get? Like holy shit! So you that guy stinks. Yep. So that's it. Moving forward, I mean that's the thing. This is the funny, I think, topic for today. Before we get into the DC rankings, 
moving forward, who knows? <laughs> who the hell knows? You think we'd have some sort of idea? We don't have. They wanted to get. Um, what was it? Is it Justin Lin? Oh, gosh, the the Justin the late- Lin, Fast and Furious. No, who's the um, who's the guy they wanted to have the Lego um, the Lego movie producer? They're thinking about uh, having for Kevin Feige. Ah, whatever. Don't remember his name. Um, that guy. He uh. He could have been the head of this leading forward. It looks like it's going to be um, Michael uh, Adby, I think, is like the new, you know, Warner Brothers new line guy. He might just be like kind of shifted into that role because apparently he has a you know history of he enjoys these characters. And he's right now just being the main executive for all of Warner Brothers pictures. So we can kind of just like take control of that. I point in all this is and based on our confusion, there is no we don't know if there is a plan. You know, uh, we know that they we know a couple of things. Here's what we know about this new regime. They want Harry Havel back as Superman. Done. That That's happening. They want to continue stories like the Joker. They want to build out the Batman universe as much as humanly possible with Matt Reeves. They are given the green light to Matt Reeves. Anything he does beyond that, they want to move on from Ezra Miller in the Flash role. Will they make a sequel? Who knows? Will they make another Aquaman movie? If the second one makes a lot of money, it will. But we don't know the actual blueprint of the DC universe going forward. They don't know, and we don't know. So moving forward, we'll see. Like there, there's there's reason to be hopeful, but there's more reason, I think, to be very pessimistic about what's going to take place next. And we uh, we also know James Gunn. You know, James Gunn's going to be involved, which is a which is a positive, right? They've they've kind of been able to get him involved, which is a good thing. But at the same time, James Gunn's not there to make a spider web of st- stories and movies. He's there it's to make his, been his thing. It, exactly, it's never even been his thing. So there is no mastermind. There is no grand plan as of right now. So it's one step at a time. Is my advice for every DC fan, and to I think relish these Batman movies because I think that universe rules i love the batman universe i love joker you have any thoughts moving forward i just think that yes i agree any sort of else world thing you can clash onto get to it because the deep if you want to discount the batman if you want to discount the suicide squad which i don't think you should the last two dceu movies connected to this the former snyder stuff wonder woman 1984 and this they both kind of stink. Um, I, I don't have a lot of optimism moving forward. I think the two things that could come out of this is a JSA movie, which I would entertain, but I wouldn't think I have the same amount of excitement for the next JSA movie as I do the next Shazam movie. And that went down today. And right. which is super right. unfortunate because I like that movie, the yeah. original Shazam. Um, the other one that can come out of this. And, you know, I hate to say it, guys, because I don't want to put this omen, but I would argue this is more clear than ever. It's going to be Black Adam versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. That's what's going to happen. It's just going to be BVS again, and that stinks. Uh, you that... Know, Shazam, Shazam's showing up in the third act of that movie. Facts. <laughs> I thought she was with you. Dude, uh... don't. Don't put that theme on this gross ass review, okay? They've how do they not play the Man of Steel theme? Questionable. How do you not play the Shazam, the Shazam theme at any point of this movie? It too. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> tough times. Tough times for a DC universe. We're about to rank, yeah. Let's get to it. Let's get those DC 
rankings. Here we are, fresh out of the most recent DC film in whatever this universe is, whatever they're doing over there, Warner Brothers in DC. We've got another one. We've got our 14th DC movie since Man of Steel in 2013. So we are going to rank all 14 DC films, not all are in the DCEU, whatever the DCEU is. We're going to rank all of those right now, including Black Adam. So this will be fun. This will be exciting. This will be a good blueprint, I think, going forward when we get Shazam, when we get The Flash, when we get the Batman 2 eventually, when we get Joker 2, when we get Aquaman, Mm -hmm. right? We'll Mm -hmm. add it onto this list, this weird combination of DC films that is very all over the place. So what we're going to do today is just go through 14 through 1. Me and Matt will kind of say which one ours is, discuss a little bit about like the differences and can maybe just like why they're there. Obviously, where Black Adam is, is like the most interesting part. But I think for audience members, it'll be cool to see what this what these lists are in general. <laughs> right. What a perspective. Where, where we are as DC fans. If you want to call us that. Yeah, I, 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 I it's am. It's hard to be. I am. It's like I, I am very much so a DC fan. Right. Growing up, they were even, you know, like Spider-Man was my favorite character. Batman, easy number two. Superman, number three. Right. Mm-hmm. So and then for for Marvel. After Spider-Man for me, all anywhere, right? Like all over the place. Personally, I was definitely drawn to more DC stuff. So let's begin. At number 14, I have David Ayers, if you want to call it that, Suicide Squad. Uh, this was such a letdown. Uh, it's a terrible movie. It is gross. It's disgusting. It is, I've maybe seen it, I've seen it twice, maybe. I think maybe just the one time. This is a really bad film. Made a lot of money. Made significantly more than the Suicide Squad, which is ironic, but um, that's for a lot of different reasons. And uh, has a good song, won an Emmy or won an Oscar. Um, did win an Oscar, a but Rick it's at number a Rick Ross Oscar. Yeah, but it's at number fourteen for me. So Matt, what's your number fourteen? It's the Suicide Squad by David Ayers, of course. Um, it stinks, but it gave us one of the greatest comic book movie characters of all time, and Harley Quinn. Uh, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is the shining star of this entire universe, and she is on the worst team in the entire league, which is unfortunate. I did like when Batfleck popped up in this. It was cool. Absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. I haven't thought of that scene in a long time. There's a lot of cool in the first half of that movie in a big way. But the way Black Adam tails off in the last 20 minutes, it happens for this movie in the last hour. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really bad. Really bad stuff. Number 13 for me is one of the biggest letdowns in comic movie history. Justice League. Yeah, um, nice. And I'd say a later movie I'm going to talk about is probably maybe a bigger letdown. But this movie just kind of continued to trend in the wrong direction. Didn't make that much money. It was a mess production wise. The cast was against the movie, which is what kind of partially led to Zack Snyder's cut. And uh, yeah, 2017's Justice League is um, a blemish, a giant blemish on Warner Brothers, in my opinion, because messing this up, what's supposed to be your Avengers, if they had more finely crafted this universe, that movie could have been so good and people could have loved it. And it is now known as just that gross DC film that no one likes. So 13 is Justice League for me. Yeah, Frankenstein's monster. It's my thirteen as well, two for two. Uh, it's um, I don't blame anybody involved 
for how bad that movie is. I don't blame Zack Snyder. I don't blame Joss Whedon. I think people blame Joss Whedon too much um, because they brought him to do Avengers and he tried, but he didn't shoot the movie. Something right. people forget about. He simply just didn't shoot it. Um, but yeah, I, the same way I don't discredit WandaVision for circumstances making it as good as it was, I won't um, credit Justice League for circumstances making it as bad as it was. 13, absolutely, with a bullet. Yeah. Going on the 12, a recent one for me. Um, Wonder Woman 1984. So. <laughs> I will say uh, this one I had high hopes for. Pedro Pascal is my MVP for this film. Uh, yeah, there's not much to love about this one. This was and this is a weird like watch from home experience too. not even First in a theater could have helped. Yeah. What's your 12? That's one Roman 1984. Three for three in lockstep so far in our rankings. I thought Pedro Pascal stinks. In this oh, movie. really? OK, um, but this is entertaining. Was the first- this is the first movie we all watched after being hired by the direct.com. Something that people will forget. Yeah. And it's the first movie my wife sat down and watched with me. Like first superhero movie. My wife sat down and watched with me like, oh my God, I can't wait. And at the end of it, she looks at me and she goes, was that good? I go, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't very good. <laughs> um, I still argue that the opening scene in that movie is one of a top 10 DCEU scene with the um, uh, Olympics of young mm. Diana. That was great. You're right about that. Amazing. 11. I have Aquaman, a movie that was kind of fun. I've seen it once in theaters. Incredibly forgettable. Um, I thought, I don't know what it is. That's what made me a little conscious about um, Wakanda forever. The underwater thing isn't just, it's just not my bag. Yeah, I just... I didn't think it was that cool. And it could have been so much cooler, I thought. I thought the CGI was just kind of whack. Uh, Jason Momoa is perfectly flat as a character. Amber Heard. I, I like whatever the villain was in that. I, it made so much money. But to me, it was just one and done. Like, I have never thought about Aquaman since. And Jason Momoa is cool. I, I actually like the character. But in his, I've liked him least in his own movie. I liked him more in you know, the Snyder cut and whatever the hell else he's been in. And I'm a peacemaker. Um, <laughs> what the, so what's your 11? Uh, uh, mine's going to be the Snyder cut. Okay. Um, I, I think that that movie wasn't better than justice league. I thought it was longer and you can argue it's better because of things that they do because it's four hours long. If that was a, if, if that cut of that movie was studio approved, an hour shorter hour and a half probably would have because three hour superhero movies this was pre-endgame you know they weren't making three hour superhero movies yet yeah and you know in games the only reason the batman was able to be three hours you know in a real way um if this movie was cut to two and a half hours like a standard superhero movie was it would be number 14 on my list i i fully believe that i don't think there's anything better about snyder cut um than the original than the original but um, the four hourness did allow us to get a lot more cool out of it, which um, was fun to see. Um, yeah. I didn't like Snyder Cut at all. I watched it one time. Um, it was the day of my bachelor party. We watched it, and fun. I was like, "Guys, this stinks. Well, let's 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 go. Let's leave. I would I I would leave now." And they were like, "Yeah, let's go." And we <laughs> went a day early to my bachelor party <laughs> because nice. of Snyder Cut. That's funny. All right, 
Uh, we'll see if Snyder Cut lands on my list. Might be a little Ooh. surprising later. Uh, number 10, the new edition, Black Adam. Right above Aquaman. We'll see where it's below in a bit. But uh, from the beginning of this episode or earlier in this episode, you know why it's probably there. Don't really go on about this movie. But it is at number 10 where I slotted it. What is your number 10? This is where Black things Adam. get interesting. Black Adam. Okay. So Black maybe Adam. not. <laughs> 11 was Black different. Adam number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I'll just jump ahead. It's right behind Batman versus Superman. I think these movies are so unbelievably, incredibly similar. Um, that it's just like, like, like to the tenth degree. Like the fact that a random villain pops up in the last thirty minutes and it feels like a completely different movie. That is cut and paste BVS, man. Um, the only thing that BVS that BVS has over Black Adam for me is like iconic fight scenes like the batman warehouse scene to this day is the best batman action scene we have ever gotten it's in that movie and i think that that one redeeming quality that it has over black adam puts it one spot above but these movies are negligible to me like they're the same movie i really believe that yeah my number nine is also bvs um i enjoy that movie for the supermanisms of it like i thought there were some and i am considering not the extended version too i like the extended cut a little bit more for bvs um i did think yeah it's long but it is improved which i guess is just there's thing um number eight i have shazam fun fun flick seems kind of on its own track i thought pretty enjoyable action was pretty cool pretty heartfelt um not gonna be like hooting and hollering about how much i loved it but i did like this one um, which is a good territory and nothing like egregious about it, right? Nothing where it's like, oh, I liked this part and that part, but oh, this sucked. I liked it, you know? I thought it was good. Um, so what's your number eight? My number eight is going to be Aquaman. Um, okay. I've only seen it once. It was in theaters. Um, and I think that if you take the Black Adam parts of Black Adam and just cut that into a movie, you get something very similar to Aquaman. I think they're similar in those ways a lot. But Aquaman's definitely a little more focused because it doesn't have the JSA. It doesn't have a last second villain, even though it does have a last second, you know, out of nowhere action sequence. But um, I thought Aquaman was just a little more fun than Black Adam. And those are two movies that are trying to be fun. And Aquaman did a better job at that. Yep. I slightly disagree. But yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 it's all just, it's, just by a spot or two <laughs> yeah it, yeah it's all little things moving up these all these little sliders going up and down this feels like a tier yeah you know the aquaman through huge at least my snyder cut you know aquaman black adam bvs you say shazam i have a shazam a little higher but that feels like a tier yeah i'm with you uh so number seven for me is wonder woman uh the original a poor third act a poor third act, I will admit, um, but very good. Like this, I loved, once again, going blast from the past, in the past, kind of learning a very, you know, Captain America's uh, first Avenger in many ways. That's like the general comp for this movie. Gal Gadot is a star in this. Um, she was Wonder Woman. This was something that a lot of people galvanized around and thought, wow, this was good. You know, even after BVS, like, oh, that, but that one movie, that, that was genuinely good. Her action was really cool. She felt like she was entering this new phase of Wonder Woman. Um, we were all very excited for Wonder Woman 84. Didn't work out. Um, but this first one I thought was very good. And that's why I have a number seven. My number seven is going to be Man of Steel. Um, Damn. 
it's a it's a big tier, <laughs> it's a big tier up for me though from Aquaman. That's a huge gap between the Aquaman Man of Steel. Man of Steel is the last of a tier of what I will say are good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna be hard pressed to find a great movie for me in the DCEU. I think Man of Steel is the first good one on my list um, for all the reasons we've talked about about Man of Steel in this podcast before. It has so much great to it. Um, I do think there's a lot of bad and um the bad comes a lot in the energy behind it there just isn't a lot of it and unfortunately i do think it slips into boring sometimes and that is you know a cardinal sin for me is boring so um that's right. why it's dragged out a little bit for me here on seven yep number six for me um and five and six i went back and forth with myself um six is birds of prey um i'll go robbie love this movie i think this movie is great and it's underrated underappreciated really fun time i think i only watched it one time uh, this was right before COVID, i think right 2020 nice. release 2019. yeah yep or no mid-2019 yeah. mid remember they changed the title <laughs> well i thought it was i think it was early 2020 or am i crazy I could be wrong. I could be wrong. i'm looking it up i think i think i just kind of remember this one being yeah, one of those it is. this and sonic February 7th, 2020 wow yeah so right before yeah and so um I enjoyed I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought the action was pretty good. I just thought, you know, the references were pretty fun. And just Margot Robbie doing her thing. Like, what? what how can you go wrong? Uh, yeah. So what's your number six? My number six is going to end up being Wonder Woman. Um, okay. I think it is very similar to Man of Steel. I have those two very close to each other. I just think Gal Gadot's a better Wonder Woman than Henry Cavill is a Superman. Mm. And that's really what it comes out to to me. But I could be convinced to flip those any day of the week. My number five hot take: Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Cut, after all of its hoopla. Um, and I did not watch this in one sitting, and that could maybe be, <laughs> that can maybe be a reason for why Respect. I enjoyed it. Um, it was in chapters. I watched them in their chapters. I thought the <laughs> I thought the story was much improved. I thought Superman was much improved. Um, I thought Cyborg was very much improved. And that flash scene at the end is a incredible, phenomenal, incredible comic book moment, and so that's good. why it's up there for me. Like it, it has, so it is way too long. It's black and white for no reason. Um, it's in a square for no reason, and I still enjoyed it though. I thought I, even though it was overly long, I really, when I was done with it, I'm like that i okay it was not i thought it was good so um what's your number five real quick on that flash scene it's equally like one of the best and one of the worst just because the dialogue does ruin it (laughs) for you dad but man is it dope as shit um it's good stuff um i have the joker number four if i'm gonna Mm. be completely honest i saw this in theaters we're at five right or yeah five sorry i have the joker at five i have the joker at five um i only saw this once i saw it in theaters hand up i don't remember a ton of it really okay i do remember walking out of it and thinking about it for a long time afterwards like weeks and weeks thinking like man this was crazy that was crazy um so i think that says something the fact that i do remember how much i like it despite not remembering a ton of the plot and we talked about the flash scene being one of the best comic book movie scenes of all time the 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 blood smile at the end of joker is as good as joker has ever been on film like Heath Ledger, obviously, top three comic book performances of all time behind, you know, Lizzie Olsen and Tom Holland, of course. But um, 
when he does the blood smile and then just does his little yeah cache if you want to call it that's as good as it gets it's it's epic to a point where the dcu hadn't been yeah i yeah no i agree uh my number four moving on a little bit is the suicide squad and to me my top four is its own tier uh, I would Love say my, I have about like three tiers here based on what I'm looking at. One through four, uh, five through eight, and then nine through 14 for me. So um, one through four at four, Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad. Loved this movie last year when I went and saw it in a theater. Had a wonderful time with it. James Gunn is imprinted all over this one. Like it is just it's phenomenal. It is what James Gunn could do in the DC universe, and it is great. The characters are awesome. The action is perfect. It is hilarious. You care. God, when Taika Waititi pops up as the dad in that scene, the rats, man. God, it's just such a funny, fun movie, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's great. I've only seen it. I've seen it twice. Um, had had to pop it on HBO Max. I think soon after I saw it in theaters, because like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. I can rewatch, you know, this movie once again right after seeing it in theaters. So yeah, um, the Suicide Squad is my number four. What's your number four? Highly encourage to rewatch that movie. It's very very good. Um, uh, my number four is gonna be Shazam. Uh, okay. We, oh wow. Talk- I I forgot Shazam was you haven't off the board yet. Wow, yeah. way up here. I like Shazam a lot. Um, it's it, it is a DCEU movie. It's not like Joker or the Batman where you could like argue. You know, you know, it's not really DCEU or whatever. It's a tried and true DCEU movie, and I think it's one of the best of them. I think I think it's the first time the DCEU did what it tried to do and just make a fun movie. You know, I, I feel like Zack Snyder's movies, Wonder Woman, uh, the original Suicide Squad, Aquaman, they they make these fun blockbusters, but they want to like they they come off as fun blockbusters, but I think they were trying to be something more poignant in cinema. And all that stuff. Shazam's just a good time. And it, it tries to be a good time and it is a good time. It I think it falls apart in the third act, but a lot of these movies fall apart in the third act. And um I, I had a great time with Shazam. Also surprisingly emotional and heartfelt, which is a Marvel thing that the DCEU almost never does. So it like, feels like no, go ahead. I was gonna say it feels a little MCU esque um yeah. compared to other DC movies. I think so too. I think I think there are emotional movies in the DCEU, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, both included. But those aren't un, those aren't surprisingly emotional. They're trying to be emotional, and I think Shazam, you know, does that more organically than maybe a Man of Steel does. And um, you know, I'm, I, I like comedy. I'm a big comedy guy, so yeah, huge fan. Also, costume department again, just crushing, yeah, crushing. All right, so we are now into top three. The top three. My three is Joker, a movie I loved when it came out in 2019. I borderline obsessed with this movie. I saw it three times in theaters. Awesome. Me, and my me, and my buddy couldn't stop. We could not stop talking about it. Couldn't shut up about it. It was it was the and it made a billion dollars. So you can tell it was the water cooler movie for a while at my work okay. in college. God, worked with Thomas Carter Rochester at the time <laughs> in college. And not it, but it wasn't just him. Me and him would go on and read articles and talk about this shit all the time. It more people were getting involved with Joker. There was something bigger about Joker, is my point, right? There was more people affecting more people, like not comic book movie fans were going to see this movie. A lot of people were just to check it out because there was so much intrigue. It was R-rated. It's the Joker, after all. There was all this stuff about psychology and borderline it being controversial and like what it's talking about with mental health and depression and all these things. And 
It's execution. It is an uncomfortable movie, and I love it. I eat it up every time. I cannot wait for the second one. Todd Phillips was just at his best. Joaquin Phoenix, I thought it was excellent in it. There's just something so real about it and visceral. I think that's what connected with people was that it felt real. Like it just felt like this could kind of happen. And you can't always say that, right? You can't say that about the Suicide Squad or Black Adam or Shazam, right? The Joker felt real and it was quite the hit. I mean, it was a controversial movie to, for some to some extent. Most people really enjoyed it and it made a ton of money. So um, yeah, it's my, it's my number three. I really enjoyed it. I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to watch it before next episode and I will update you on my rankings. I can see it getting above Shazam. I cannot see it getting above my number three, Birds of Prey. Nice. Uh, I, you know, everybody knows Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, I think is one of the top four greatest comic book characters ever made just because she's that good. And um, this movie, I think much like Shazam is just having a good time and doing a good job at it. Um, there's nothing special about it, but in the hour and 50 minutes that it is, which is huh, refreshing, um, I think that it yeah. crushes. It's just a fun romp with Harley Quinn and the gals. And it and it is the first movie on this list where there's not a single character I dislike. And a lot of that is the villain. In a lot of these movies, you know, you you can find hatred in a lot of the supplemental characters of the DCEU. Hatred's a strong word, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the villain in this, Hugh McGregor, he's fantastic. He and, and I think that that is just a floor play that elevates this movie to, I, I don't have any problems with Birds of Prey. I don't think it's great by any means, but I don't have anything bad to say about it. It does have, again, one of my favorite comic book movie scenes ever, when Black Canary mid-fight asks for a hair tie. And as she's putting up her fucking mane of dreads, she fucking axe kicks somebody <laughs> off the platform as she's putting her hair up. So cool when Sylvie did it in Loki. I always stood up and cheered because I'm like, they did the hair tie thing again. Awesome. Doing Good. That. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going. Heartbirds Prey is an underrated movie, I would say. I just... couldn't agree more. One of the most. Yeah. One just... of the most. Monsters like general people. All right. David on a soapbox, number two, Man of Steel. Uh, typically my number one uh, when talking about DCEU, but this is not DCEU. There are more DC films in this list, and we'll get to my number one in a bit. Man of Steel to me is the my favorite and i haven't read every comic right i don't know every story i do enjoy superman comics um i want to read more it's my favorite superman story like i think it works so well i think what snyder was getting for i think the what it really would mean for this alien to come to earth is fleshed out in this movie more than it is in any other film before it it is truly to me what would kind of happen like if this was his alien from Krypton, seeing Krypton, beautiful scene. This movie is beautiful, beautifully shot. Flight, that soundtrack, plus the scene of him learning to fly and the score is gives me goosebumps every time. I think Henry Cavill is brilliant throughout. I think Henry Cavill is even, I think, at his best in that movie when he's acting as the younger um, Clark and those decisions he has to make. And just all the interesting discussions about Superman coming out of that movie were excellent. People freaked out, um, I think, about the ending and how they just destroy Metropolis. But to me, that was kind of the point where it's like he fails. Like, this is not this huge win. And then the end of the movie, you know, Welcome to the Planet. God, and the smile on Henry Cavill's face. I thought we were going such great places <laughs> from that moment. You know, if you just took me back there, if I, I know Warner Brothers DC, wish they could just go back to that moment. And just 
Do something different, right? Make just... Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> then, then greenlight Black Adam right after, yeah. and yeah, play the play the <laughs> play the John Williams score at the end. Um, no, I love this movie. It's it's candy for me. Like it's one of these. It's one of my favorite comic book movies. That's and great. what's crazy is that it's number two because it's one of those things where I have like it. Man of Steel is like I feel like I'm a part of my online persona a little bit for me it's like it's one of my things i've always been an advocate for mm-hmm. um so yeah uh i i love it and i it's surprisingly rewatchable for me i love to rewatch it i think zod's great <laughs> michael shannon i love his story i love the two dads dynamic i think it works actually really well um but obviously that's just my opinion so that's matt what's your number yeah what's your number two i'm curious what what where you're at with the one and two i don't know i'm not sure Batman's gonna be number two. Nice. Okay. I, I love this movie. I adore this movie. I need to rewatch it. I've only seen it once. Mm. Um, I think like this is this is everything you just said about Man of Steel. This is where I'm at with the Batman. I think they could really build off this in a huge way. They it doesn't feel like a Marvel movie. I don't want to say it does, but it is set up like a Marvel movie in that you know you can really take advantage of this universe that you've built within the Batman. Um, I thought it was incredible. And the only reason it's not number one is because I do have some problems with it, specifically the Riddler. I just thought that the riddles would have been a little more interesting. Um, I I thought they were either going to be really fun or not be a part of the movie at all. They ended up being a big part of the movie and they weren't the most exciting. Um, And I think that that's just not taking advantage of that villain as much as they could have. But other than that, I thought it was aces across the board and the only reason it's not number one is because the next movie i cannot find a problem with i think it's quite perfect (laughs) excellent so my number one is the batman uh echo all of your statements i love this movie if it if i was um in charge of dc even though i want to see henry cavill back i would just make the d the batman universe the dc universe going forward and take it slow you know take it slow make iron man one make iron man two then we do some stuff, right? Make Batman. <laughs> He's got to be in there. The hierarchy's got to be in there, Matt. So we got to understand. The Rock has to be there somewhere. Oh, jeez, we lost. We I lost. just saw. I just saw. <laughs> speaking of this, I just saw. I just saw an interview with The Rock, and the guy asked him a funny question. He's like, "So, of the three Jokers, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Barry Keegan." And uh, what's Jared Leto? Mm -hmm. Which one of those three would be most likely to pop up in a Black Adam movie? And he says Barry. It's like, well done, well done, nice, nice, (laughs) well done. Well, you could tell he has a relationship with them and just liked his performance. And obviously, I think for him, it's like he's like the fresh one. Even though there is obviously Walking Phoenix, I don't know. But anyway, speaking of this, I think Robert Pattinson is amazing. This movie. I think it's paced out perfectly for being so long. I think it works so well. This is Batman. I'm a huge Batman fan. Even though I rave about Man of Steel, Batman is my second favorite comic book character. It's always been that way. This reminds me so much of the Arkham games, which I am a huge advocate of. And him being a detective, him crime fighting, him just being there, just the hoveringness of Batman in this, the lack of Bruce Wayne, I think is excellent. It is called the Batman, and he is always the He's always Batman, which is something that we've never seen before. This movie feels like the most Batman, Batman runtime ever because it's always just 
Batman. And we see the strain on him. We see the decisions he has to make. Riddler's a great um, character. This movie's full of great characters and great. There's a, this is a great, it's one of the best Gotham's, one of the best introductions to all of the characters in Gotham when it comes to Falcone and oh, Penguin villains. and Catwoman, right? And Matt Reeves knows what he's doing. And this is the future of the DC universe in my mind, you know, until proven otherwise, this is what I'm most excited about. And for DC, Warner Brothers, you have this at least. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about, sure, you can connect all these different things, but just just be Sony and Spider-Man for a little bit, right? Just focus on the Batman and Rogue's Gallery. Just do it. If it's what's working, focus on it, I guess, because that's what we're going to get. And I can't really complain because I think Batman is an excellent character on his own and has so much depth to him and all of his different characters. This could go on for a while. It's its own separate universe and live up to what's exceedingly becoming more and more hype, I think, as we get closer and closer to what's going to be the Penguin series and so on. Yep. Um, and just one more thing on the Batman. I think Zoe Kravitz is an ultimate scene stealer in that yep. movie. Every time she walks on screen, I'm captivated. Much like I'm captivated by every single character in the Suicide Squad brought to you by the beautifully horrible mind of James Gunn. I think this is the best DC movie not named The Dark Knight. I think that I I could rewatch this movie a hundred times and still find it enjoyable. I've only seen it twice and I loved it immensely every single time. Fucking rats, man. It's the yep. same reason I love Guardians. Fell in love with a tree and a raccoon. Fell in love with a bunch of rats for no reason. Um, I can go on for days about all the incredible moments in that movie and not even talk about the overall narrative, which is also very good. But um, just moment by moment, that movie does nothing but slap. And I think it's incredible. I think it's, you know, as much as Matt Reeves is the visionary future of the DC universe, I think James Gunn is, you know, should be right along there beside him. I think those two should run. Uh, you know, the future direction of that universe. But yeah, after a movie I saw today, I just don't think that's going to happen. Probably not. Um, So, yeah, that's it. That is our current uh, October 21st, 2022 DC rankings from every DC movie released after Man of Steel. Uh, Man of Steel included, of course. Next up will be Shazam. Fury Shazam! of the Gods. Uh, when is that released now? December. March. I could be wrong. I'm on it. Did they not scoot it back? Vamp. I don't know. Well, currently uh, we have an Avatar 2 movie releasing, which will not get its own ranking. Uh, because... You're right. Definitely, definitely not December. You're right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to we'll review that movie, though, right? Definitely. Oh, yeah. my gosh. In that Cameron? is that is going to be very interesting. I'm not March sure it's a universe you guys love out there, but Avatar is going to be a big deal. March 17, 2003. We say the name one more time. Just like um, Is that going to be our last Shazam movie? Depends on how much money it makes, in my opinion. Depends on how much money Black Adam makes. Yeah. That's this is it. a Shazam movie, dude. They say it the entire time. They have to. How are they going to avoid that? You know, That's part of the character. Why, why wasn't it Zachary Levi at the end of the movie? I know we wanted Henry Cavill. Why wasn't it Zachary Levi? Explain that to me. They him. don't care about what makes oh, sense. Oh, it so should have been, though, man. It would have been perfect. It's money. That's exactly who it needs to be. I digress. I won't. I don't want to rain on the Henry Cavill parade. I'll talk about it next week. All right. Well, that does it. Let's get on to some MCU streaming rankings. Much better projects. Yeah. <laughs> Much better projects. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the MCU 
rankings where we today will be ranking She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night within our MCU streaming rankings. We have our movie rankings. You can go back and check out our review, um, our rankings, rather, for Thor Love and Thunder to hear those. Um, But today we will be ranking She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night amongst the streaming projects for Marvel Studios and Disney Plus. That includes all of the series, I Am Groot, and What If, along with Werewolf by Night. And of course, She-Hulk, here is a quick recap on where we stand on the rankings. David, here's what we did. This time we took your rankings, we took my rankings, and Mm -hmm. we asked the writers at the direct to send their rankings, and we averaged those three out. So David Mm -hmm. gets 33%, I get 33%, and then all of our amazing writers at the direct get the other third. And here's where the rankings stand as of now, one through eight, before She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night. Coming in at number eight, I am Groot. I had it ranked at 10. The direct writers had it ranked at 10. David, you had it ranked at nine. Why did you have I am Groot over What If? I just thought it was a little more delightful. Um, it, it's completely unnecessary, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I, I think I liked What If okay. I just thought I am Groot was so easily digestible that that's why I put it a little bit over What If to me, mm-hmm. where What If was like so drawn out. It was week by week. I guess it's maybe the experience when I remember watching it where it's like, really, this is what you're giving me week by week. These like what if stories that aren't even that good. So I guess that's why I just, I'm leaving it at 10 until otherwise, you know, I feel really inclined to put something below it. I feel that. Um, yeah. And coming in at number seven on this list is what if I have it over, I am Groot. Um, I think by a wide margin, I am Groot was fun. It was definitely a one-off kind of thing. There's no yeah. circumstances to I am Groot that hold any weight. I thought what if served a great purpose of just familiarizing us with the idea of the multiverse and other versions of characters, which I think made No Way Home a little more enjoyable. I think it made Multiverse Madness a little more enjoyable and hopefully will continue to play a role in the multiverse saga. So at number eight, I am Groot. Number seven, what if they were voted um, in the last two uh, throughout the entire voting process? Coming in at number six, Moon Knight. Moon Knight coming in at number six, David, um, with She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night, you had it ranked at number eight. I had it ranked at number eight. The Riders at the Direct, number four. Okay. Easily the <laughs> biggest discrepancy you and I have against the writers. Um, and, you know, I would consider our expert writers as a good pulse of the general public. Um, Moon Knight coming at number six. David, your thoughts on that series um, being ranked higher for other people than you and I. It makes sense to me. There was something about Moon Knight that didn't hit and didn't work for me. I understood. And I had some, some friends think about general audiences. I, it's always, I always think about my friends because sure. they're truly like not in the industry. Don't do anything for a living. You know, they just literally just to be entertained. And I had several of them that really liked Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac, I thought was great. I thought the character was even really good. Just something about all of it. It was. It didn't work for me. I, I didn't. I didn't love the villain. I didn't love Ethan Hawke. I didn't really love much of the plot. Which it is what it is. And I also didn't find it that enjoyable too. Like there's something about it. Like we're gonna get to a couple more where I just thought they're more enjoyable week by week. And sure, Moon Knight had some phenomenal moments. It's 
I believe penultimate episode where it's uh like the heaven or whatever afterlife oh, thing. Good. Great episode. Oh. Like there's there was moments, but overall wasn't for me. Yep, I uh I agree. And I think uh the things that She Hulk made fun of in their finale, um, Werewolf by Night. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Moon Knight. Um was a victim to a lot of that, where it was for a long time, this unique introspective bipolar show um, that, you know, it wasn't always hitting, but, you know, the through line was dealing with Mark's, uh, uh, Oscar Isaac's two characters. And then in the finale, just kind of gave up on that and did a superhero thing. And that superhero thing I found very disinteresting. I think Ethan Hawke is the biggest disappointment of phase four so far as a character, Um, not as an actor, fantastic actor but as a character that character i thought was a dud um compared to what we thought it was going to be coming at number five david yep the falcon and the winter soldier coming in at five i had it um with she hawk and werewolf by night i had it at six david had it at three and then the writers also had it at six david you were higher on the show than me or the writers wait say that again sorry you were higher on the show than me and the uh, writers we pulled for this ranking. Oh, thoughts. Interesting. You're talking about Falcon Winter uh, Soldier. I thought this show was excellent. I love Falcon the Winter Soldier. Like I, I, it, I kept repeating myself right now because I'm like, wait, wait, you're talking about Falcon the Winter Soldier? <laughs> I was almost like, yeah. it wasn't another one. Um, I thought this show was great. I. I I don't know what it is, and I understand their critiques for the show, especially when it comes like the Flag Smashers and stuff like that. But the fundamental root of the show, I thought, was so good. Sam Wilson, Bucky, it is a character study of both those characters. I've never seen it before. Zemo is good. And U.S. Agent Wyatt Russell joining the MCU, I thought was also really good. John Walker, I thought, was an excellent character that I cannot wait to see in Thunderbolts. Like, I know in the finale, it's similar. Like we're talking about She-Hulk making fun of these kinds of things. It's all of a sudden just superheroes happening. Um, and the John Walker of it all, the like kind of half-ass redemption arc. Overall, I thought it was a great show. Like I, I mm-hmm. think there may be some rose-tinted glasses just because it's characters that I really love and have an investment in. And just the the simple story of it's... Be- it's Sam Wilson becoming Captain America and accepting that and like all those deeper meanings in there. I love, I, I there's something very special about that show to me. And I guess that's why I have it higher. Absolutely. I, uh, I think that there's a massive gap between Moon Knight and Falcon Winter Soldier for me. Right. Um, on this list before we bring in She-Hawk and Werewolf by Night. Um, I think that the reason I have it lower than the other four on this list is because I think that there is a distinct uniqueness to every other project as far as how mm. it was made. Obviously, WandaVision, but Loki, uh, the time crime vibe, Miss Marvel and the aesthetic that they wrapped in with the culture and the shooting of that show. And then Hawkeye being a Christmas show. Falcon Winter Soldier was another Captain America project. Now it tackled you know racism and dealing with identity and things like that in a way that Marvel Studios had never done. And I loved every second of that. But it did feel more like a Marvel Studios project than not. And with all these other Disney Plus projects having this unique new take on the superhero project, I think it just, you know, it, it makes that stand out a little bit. Plus the finale being 
not as good as the episode beforehand, in my opinion. True. You know, specifically the John Walker flag flag smasher stuff. It's it, it it's definitely closer to the other four than it is what's behind it for me. Coming at number four is Miss Marvel. I had it at three. You had it at two. The writers had it at five, and then Hawkeye comes in at number three, right above that. I had that at two. You had that at five, and then the writers also had that at two. Um, Miss, you have Miss Marvel three spots ahead of Hawkeye. What did you love about that show? Oh my gosh, just the family dynamic, Kamala Khan, coming of age story, so up my alley. Just the joy. I said it even during She Hulk, which is a you know a show that I thought was okay. Miss Marvel was special to me. I thought it was such a good show. I I, I loved it. I thought just from creating a show caring about characters the characters that show were so good um i felt so invested in it it was the best one um not to get ahead of myself but one of the best (laughs) disney plus shows i've seen the second best in my opinion and for a moment i thought it'd be the best the art style all of it like it to me that's what a marvel show should be in the sense that it feels like it's not a movie it is a show it is grounded it is like smaller scaled I thought it was perfect for what it was trying to be. Yeah. The first one to feel the most like a show. Um, WandaVision aside, because that was supposed to kind of feel like a different thing. Sounds um, unique. Yeah. Yes. Um, I loved Miss Marvel as well. I also loved Hawkeye so, so much. Um, the Christmas. I'm a sucker for Christmas content, as many of us are. Um, and obviously the inspiration it took from the David Aja and Matt Fraction run, which is phenomenal to all extents i thought they adapted that so well but you know why i have it at ranked at number two on my list it's the characters and it's k bishop and it is Haley seinfeld being an absolute rock star in this role and there is no character i'm more excited to see more of in the mcu than uh Haley seinfeld's k bishop i've said before i will say it again the new robert downey jr of the mcu and i mean that she comes on screen everybody's immediately happy that's what rdj brought to a project i'm not saying they're going to use her as rdj but she has that quality to her and i love that um coming at number two is loki number two is loki i have it at four david you have it as number one and the writers had it at number three we're all we're all kind of in the same area um so loki's your number one show and why is that absolutely uh this I have not been as captivated with a show Marvel has done besides Loki. Like to me, Loki felt in phase four, one of the biggest events that has happened, like just rewriting what we knew of the MCU. The intrigue was there. Tom Hiddleston playing the character he was born to be was there as well. Like he's so good in the role. I liked Mobius, obviously Owen Wilson. The Sylvie Loki romance lost me a bit. I, I thought that could have just been a friendship, um, but it is what it is. And there's something I think poetic about it that they were trying to get at of like a, how he's a narcissist, essentially. Um, and then Kang in the end, put it over the top for me. Just downtown drained it. I I, uh, I love Loki. I cannot wait for season two. I feel like to me, it's more of a an event like they're almost like trying to market for secret invasion like it's a it's a marvel event that's what it felt like to me like loki every week was so interesting i love time travel i'm a sucker for time travel stories and the sci-fi-ness of it was so interesting and just having tom hiddleston as loki 
you know, from his perspective of all of it was so much fun and getting to know him a little bit more and like kind of what makes him tick and getting him down to like the Groot, like or not the Groot, <laughs> the root level of his character after showing him what happens to him, like in that timeline. Mm-hmm. Crazy shit, but awesome storytelling, in my opinion. I-, I loved Loki and I cannot wait for season two. Like also part of it was I, I feel like I feel like a part of it was the kind of general like draw to Loki. It's the most watched Disney Plus show so far, just based on the numbers. And I felt that in the moment as well. Yeah, I uh I think that it's the second best concept on this list, um, behind WandaVision, of course, for me. Uh I think it's the best production out of anything on this list, other than maybe Werewolf by Night. And I think that it's the best finale, without a doubt. And um I think that the impact of Kang um was something that brings this show to new heights that nobody ever thought it could go. Um, I did not have as much fun as I did with the shows I have above it. And I'm confident that my ranking of Loki at four is not because I'm lower than anybody else on Loki. I'm higher than everybody else on the other shows. Right. And so I'm where you're at with Loki. I just enjoyed the other shows more than I think um, you and the other people did. So, you know, that Loki's the end of a tier, but man, that tier is close. Yeah. Top four for me is very close and they're all pretty great. Um, But there is one project that I think is a tier above the rest. And that is our number one, WandaVision. I have it at one. The writers had it at one. You had it at six because you hate fun. Um, I <laughs> I think I'll go on WandaVision if you don't mind. I think that that go show was creative. I thought the acting was the best acting we'd gotten on Disney Plus across all shows. Um, besides maybe the Mando 2 finale. I don't know. But uh, I think that um, it, I had fun with it. I was also suspensed by it. And there has never been a TV show outside of Game of Thrones that has captivated a Twitter community like WandaVision did week after week after week, two months straight, every single day of the week. All we wanted to talk about was WandaVision. And and it's it loved it, hated it. It's all anybody wanted to talk about. Not Falcon Winter Soldier, which was coming out in a month. Not any movies coming down the line. No DC, no Star Wars. It was WandaVision only for two months straight, and we have not gotten that back. Um, in the MCU yeah. on Disney Plus, we, we, and in, go ahead. I was going to say we won't get it back. Right, right, and 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 people want to say, well, that's because it was the first one back, and that's because you know everything got delayed. I don't care. It's still true. Because right. is because for a reason, and it could have sucked. It didn't, and I think yeah. that that's a testament. And if you take away the word boner from that show, I think everybody <laughs> thinks it's better, and I think that's childish for people to think. So. uh our list before She-Hulk and Werewolf by Night. Number eight, I Am Group. Number seven, What If. Number six, Moon Knight. Number five, Falcon Winter Soldier. Number four, Miss Marvel. Number three, Hawkeye. Number two, Loki. Number one, WandaVision. David, are you ready to see where the new series rank? Which one do you want first? Give me Werewolf by Night. I'm very curious about this. I have an idea for She-Hulk. Werewolf by Night. Ranked by me, David and writers at the direct comes in at number seven, just behind Falcon Winter Soldier and just ahead of Moon Knight. At number eight, I had it at five. David, you had it at four, and the writers had it at eight. Very far down. Wow. Eight. Um, So it comes in at number seven on our list. 
I just, you know, just to go quickly for the first special presentation, I thought this was an absolute home run. I thought contained. It was a great uh, movie, TV movie, one hour long. I thought conceptually, as far as monsters in the MCU, it did a great job universe building. And for the future of special presentations, I could not be more excited for Marvel Studios to give a director a vision, give the director a purpose and let them build a character in an hour. So the next time we see that character, we are very excited to do so. David, number four for you, Werewolf by Night. Yeah, I love this. We talked about it in the review, like for what a special presentation could be and sneaking in. Hey, it's kind of a movie, right? And that's that adds to the effect for me where like I enjoy. I feel like sitting down and watching one thing. What's that? I, I made a quick mistake on my spread here. It's number six, not seven. I had WandaVision on there twice. So oh. it is at number six behind Falcon Winter Soldier at five and above Moon Knight at seven. I'm sorry. Continue. Well, where was it on your list, by the way? I had it at five. Oh, you okay. had it at four. Yeah. And it comes in at six because the writers had it at eight. Right. And I guess I see it. For, I feel like the perspective would be similar akin to I am Groot or what if, where it's almost like, okay, that happened. But to me, I thought it was excellent. Like, oh, the characters were so good. I thought Ted as man thing was awesome. I thought the fighting was so cool. It was a, it, it felt so fitting for the the holidays. Like, I'm excited for Guardians because of that too. It's just like an awesome connection for what it was doing. Like, once again, kind of like Miss Marvel for what it was doing. I thought it was 10 out of 10. And what it was doing at 10 out of 10 is number four on my list, right? Like to me especially just an hour long. You sit down, you watch, you enjoy. It's smaller scale, but I had a hell of a time. Acting was great. I mean, it was kind of spooky, but I thought the action really led the way along with the character development throughout. And I want to see the characters again, which I think is surprising. That that surprised me the most. Going into this, I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm going to watch this thing. Leaving, I'm like, I want to see these guys more. I want to see a werewolf by night too. I want to see them in a movie, right? And that's great. That is the MCU at work, which is so cool to me that they were able to do this just casually, right? Like it just, they just happened to, you know, write a script, produce it, not not a lot of buzz about it and just drop it on Disney plus. And it's this great little nugget there for people. So if you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. Um, if you're listening right now and haven't watched it, like just give some time. It's, it's spooky season. Watch it, add it to the cycle, the carousel of different scary movies and stuff like that. Hundred percent. I think it's incredible. If people are gonna lump it in with "What If" and "I Am Groot" as like a non-consequential side story in the MCU, it's far and away the best of those three by a lot. And I think that says something. To be the best exactly. of what you are, I think that's a really good thing. And and right. you know, we can talk about connections to the MCU till the cows come home. But the production of this was outstanding. The tone of this, I thought, was just magnificent. And it's stylistically, I think it's one of the biggest home runs you can make. As far as just doing what you set out to do and is make a fun, creative MCU entry that feels impactful. And like I said, back to Werewolf by Night, the next time we see the werewolf character, we're going to be jacked because I, you know, we we had an hour to spend with him and learn who Jack, uh, not Terrier. Is his name Jack Terrier? I don't think so. Jack Russell. You know why his name is Jack Russell? Why? Because Jack Russell Terrier is a breed of dog, you know, like a werewolf. <laughs> Comic books, everybody. Werewolf by Night comes in at number six. And now it is time for She-Hulk. 
the rankings of She-Hulk. It comes in at number eight behind Moon Knight and ahead of what if sevens across the board, seven for me, seven for you, seven for the writers. Um, Moon Knight, eight for me, eight for you, four for the writers. And that's what puts it above She-Hulk. And there is a decent gap gotcha. between Moon Knight and Werewolf by Night at seven and six. So She-Hulk comes in at number eight, sevens across the board. Wow. Um, so, David, you are the one who, you know, had a hard time getting into this show. Obviously, the Daredevil episode. And then the <laughs> finale slapped us all in the face and kind of put us all in a weird spot because, you know, you can like the finale more than the show. But what does that mean for the show? So you yeah. have it coming in at number seven. Your thoughts on She-Hulk being number eight on our list. Behind yeah. Moonlight. Yeah, yeah. Um, This is the big one, right? We've been reviewing this week by week, nine weeks now, uh, talking about it for a 10th straight week. And She-Hulk to me was... I got what it was trying to do, but I didn't always enjoy it in the moment, right? Like, I think looking back on it, I appreciate it more now as a whole show, which I think is telling for how they should have released She-Hulk. I think they did fail. I will I will go out on the record. I do think Disney did fail in how they released the show. Um, I think doing it week by week, dragging it out, made us come on here, have our burnt popcorn, and just pick it apart and make it a worse experience in a way, right? Like not everyone's coming on a podcast and, and <laughs> listening to burn popcorn, but a lot of people out there right now are listening too and hearing our thoughts and feelings and having a week to sit on and be like, yeah, that may, you know, maybe they're right. Maybe there is something that that wasn't that great or I wasn't that entertained. And it was, it was fun. Breaking the fourth wall. Daredevil was amazing. That was awesome. The finale was cool. The first episode I thought was really good. Like I like the Hulk. Um, connections and set up with scar and all that but at the end of the day as a show cgi even aside it was just fine for me like i i at a certain point did get invested in jen walters which is awesome that that in its in itself is a success but if they do a she hulk season two i hope it's a lot different i hope there is more stakes because i think this show lacks stakes a lot of the time it was more about like you know the, the case of the week thing it wasn't as funny, I think, as they wanted it to be, at least sure. for me. Like, I wasn't cracking up watching the show. I th- I got what they were doing, but oftentimes I'm like, it's not hitting for me. It's sure. fine. Like, it's not a show I'd necessarily recommend because I almost don't know where it fits into people's interests in a way. If you like comic book heroes, like, sure, maybe watch it because it gets cool near the end. There's not a ton of great action. I don't think it's hilarious. It's not a serious law drama at all. Like it doesn't really take itself seriously at times. It's pretty hammy and goofy. Tatiana Maslany is awesome and she's perfect for the role, but to me it's just fine. Like it's it's a it's a fun show. It was delightful for what it was, but it wasn't for me once again, and I don't think it was as entertaining as I thought it was going to be. And that's the most fundamental thing. Am I entertained? Right. All this we talk about on the podcast is entertainment at the end of the day. And I wasn't always entertained. I wasn't always locked in. I wasn't always feeling like I have to really be paying attention 100% right now because I kind of get where it's going. Right. I kind of know where we're heading. So that's my thoughts on She-Hulk kind of holistically and why I had it ranked where it is. Sure. And and I agree with everything you said. I, I, I will never disagree with somebody's thoughts on She-Hulk. 
right? Because it really is more subjective than any other show because you either found it funny or you didn't. And that's what the show was kind of hinged on a little bit. And for me, the entire time we've been reviewing it, fucking over two months now, um, it's been a circumstance of low floor. I mean, um, high floor, low ceiling. Because because it didn't take itself super seriously, there wasn't a ton of opportunity for it to spike above many other shows. Right. But on the same note, because it didn't take itself too seriously, it's hard to pick apart the negatives too much because what they at, at the end of the day, they accomplished what they wanted to do in spades. I think they introduced a new character into the MCU that we all love. Check. I think they built out. Uh, the world building of the MCU in new, unique, and unexpected ways. Check. Right. You know, there, we learned so much about the MCU that we didn't know before. Some of it inconsequential, but man, is it fun to know certain things? Like, you know, Asgard, Asgardians are dating people, and right. and you can, you know, be a sorcerer in training and just be a magician on the side. And what's that look like? And all those different things, right? Sokovia Accord is obviously a huge development. In the MCU brought to you by Matt Murdock. And um, there are three, I think, really inc- four, I'm sorry, four really incredible episodes of She-Hulk there. But there are also two or three less than stellar episodes. And I think what drags this down for me um, the most is that those episodes came in a back-to-back kind of fashion. And that left two or three weeks of, okay, where are we going? You know, what's next? You know, all right. You know, She-Hulk's next week, whatever. Um, but to kind of put a bow on it, I have yeah. She-Hulk at seven, just above Moon Knight at eight. I think there's a substantial gap between those two mm. because I think Moon Knight, unlike She-Hulk, got away from itself at the end. I think Moon Knight got scared of being too bold and out there by the end of it, and I think it was a detriment to the show. She-Hulk. Nobody could ever say they got away from itself. The finale was, I think, spectacular for what the show was. Mm. But like I've said the whole time, that's a low ceiling because it's not taking itself super seriously. And this is a rankings list amongst other shows in the same universe. So I think I think She-Hulk is the end of a tier for me um, before the Moon Knight. What if I am Groot tier? Um, and it sucks because I enjoyed so much of Moon Knight, but looking back, really, I enjoyed one character in Moon Knight and the other characters. I, I just kind of forgettable Layla, Ethan Hawke, Amit, all of them, you know, kind of forgettable. It's true. It's true. I agree. One thing, one thing about She-Hulk, it is not forgettable. Mm. You remember certain moments, the Daredevil stuff, obviously Madison's an icon, and the Madison. finale, you'll never forget, you know? Yeah. Plus, you know, big energy. So, That's ladies, and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, our final rankings between me, David, and the writers of the direct. WandaVision, number one. Loki, number two. Hawkeye, number three. Miss Marvel, number four. Falcon, Winter Soldier, number five. Werewolf, by Night, number six. Moon Knight, number seven. She-Hulk, number eight. What If, number nine. And I Am Group, the shorts coming in. And number 10, those are our MCU series. Rankings, thank you guys so much for following along. We will see you next Wednesday. Episode 1, help me, 17. 17. 17. 17 of the Direct Podcast. We will have Andor, Episode 8, and the finale of House the Dragon. We will see you then.